Hello and welcome back to Volume 10 of Craft Beer Chronicles. I am one of your hosts, the Beer Pope, Shane Leal. Joining me as always, to my left, Lee Samways. Hey guys, how's it going? And joining us on our right, our guest, Tyler Clark from Libertine Brewing Company. I, I, we are so happy I to have him I think we're supposed here. to say the very handsome Tyler Clark. The very, I very handsome Tyler very Clark. Handsome. You can't see me right now because this is uh, over the earwaves. But it's I'm very very handsome. You're definitely so turning my sure. you're turning my ears on. That's for yeah. sure. Well, you, you know the the uh, girlish squeaky voice does not match this chiseled handsome fella behind the mic. I promise. Yeah, you. <laughs> so it's 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 an underrated uh, category at beer award uh, festivals of most handsome brewer. But yeah. he would win every time. It's a curse and a blessing. People don't take me seriously. I'm so good looking. Right? Right. Like there's no way that guy works hard. And, and it's things. hard. There's nobody wants to approach you because it's just like so, so unapproachable. Yeah. My good looks. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, what what most people don't know is that every single malt from Libertine Brewing Company has been just raked over his abs and his stomach for, yeah. for Maximum Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That should be the name of it's, one of your beers, Maximum Tyler. Instead of malting, it's ab malting. And I just, <laughs> just mulch them on my abs. Uh, gentlemen, how are you doing today? Great. I'm doing so far so good. It's probably the Wonderful. best day of my life. Oh, <laughs> I've heard you mention that when you when you pulled up. So yeah. we're glad. Hey, I'm we're glad you can be joining it. us yeah. for I'm your happy to hear the greatest day of your life. Yeah. This together and uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, better than the, the birth uh, of your child. People that probably listen to this thing are probably hey, man. excited to share it with them too. Hey, if it's if it's seven, that's six more than we were expecting. I know that make that joke every time, but seriously, thank you guys. So why don't we get on with the show? <laughs> That's what Good pros job. do. I like how you opened do. it on the mic. That was really like yeah, I really of, we lets everybody know that we're opening a beer. Exactly. It's super spontaneous. Like I don't think I've ever heard anybody do it. I before. don't think we planned it at all. So this first beer is a little collaboration, something Libertine's not really well known for. I don't know if they, they rarely ever do it, so it's real special. It's with Seven Stills Brewery, Rod and Real, fresh and delicious beer. Uh, a fat free drink. <laughs> Tyler, tell us about this a little. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know about the, the fat-free part. That doesn't even make sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was a collaboration. It's uh, kind of our delving into a semi-hazy-ish, pale, clean beer. Obviously, we're kind of known for doing spontaneous, wild, terroir-driven beers here on the coast. But um, your we've done some collaborations with Seven Stills. They're mainly a, 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 a distiller. Do we have a pour bucket by chance? Is that a thing? Like it's called your mouth. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure we can find one somewhere. Do you, um, do you not want to drink your beer? I do, no, I do. I'm just I'm looking at the whole cooler full, and I'm you, like, if you I'm you do realize be... we don't have to go through the whole cooler. We never make it through the okay. whole cooler. Whoa. <laughs> I thought I was with professionals here. Yeah. I didn't realize I was. Let's uh, do it. I mean, yeah. we can do it. You're, yeah, you're the it. one who was hesitant. <laughs> this is gonna be the longest podcast we've done yet. <laughs> oh no, we're just gonna drink them after the show. So <laughs> seven stills, they're nice guys. We brewed a couple beers for them in the past where they've actually taken the beer, our um, Christmas stout and then our frambois and then they distilled it down into a whiskey and barrel aged it and turned it into really some really cool stuff uh so this was actually um uh more of actual just brewing a beer with them and not distilling it. so we went up there steven our head brewer went up and um they he's friends with the guys at laughing monk which are two doors down from seven stills so he brewed a beer the same day kind of running back and forth like a madman brewing two different beers at once collaborations and this was one so over a few cans and bottles and drafts and whatever else's uh, beers uh, with Tim, the owner, a few years back, my wife and I, uh, we had a kind of an inside joke, the old rod and reel, which um, if you just picture a rod and a reel yeah. and what that could possibly be. Sounds uh, uh, good at catching things. Yeah, very uh, phallical. 
Yeah. Yeah. Catching, um, uh, so if you if you get anyways, uh, so it was a funny inside joke with that. So a while back, uh, I reached out to him like, dude, can we do a rod and reel beer? And he's like, yeah, we'll do Swedish fish. And I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing. why why Swedish fish? I mean, just because of the rod and reel. Yeah, because we wanted to use the word rod and reel in a beer. Yeah. And so fish and then Swedish fish, and we hadn't heard of anybody actually using so how Swedish fish. Exactly. Did you use when you and so just so everybody knows when he says Swedish fish, he's talking about the candy, the candy, the yeah. gummy fish. And where in the hell did you put this in the brewing process? In the kettle? It was in the kettle. I don't know what part of the kettle. Like I said, I wasn't there for that. Stephen, our head brewer, um, has done an amazing job the last year, really taking the reins and running with the uh, brewing program. So I kind of let him do lead on a lot of the stuff. Uh, yeah. So I was there in the planning preliminary, but he was actually the uh, the hard manual labor for the beer. So I don't know nice. what what uh, I can't give you specific gravities or you know yeah, what addition it, time it, it melted was or all anything. the way or not. Um, it definitely. <laughs> Dissolved. Um, they did some tests with it, but it was just a big giant mesh bag in the kettle. Mm. Um, so it pretty much is giving you residual sugars. You, I, this is the first time I've actually tasted the fin- tasted the finished product here. Um, it, it smells like it, Swedish fish. Yeah, so it you definitely get some aroma. Um, so, there's a little bit of that green apple kind of candy flavor, which I don't know if that's from weird fermentation process or if that's from the candy. Is. I honestly wonder, like, what is in Swedish fish other than like you know like just high like fructose sugar corn syrup. I'm and pretty sure shark fins. Definitely shark Japanese fins? shark fins. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, they definitely uh, probably use some of that. Yeah. That yeah. just goes into each and every Swedish I, fish. I was thinking you meant like the gummy sharks because again, like on the, on the line of yeah. fish and whatever. No, no, I'm talking about illegal fishing practices. Yeah. yeah. Jesus <laughs> Club baby seals. Yeah. So if anybody who, if everybody has never met Tyler, Tyler is just one of the funniest and out there oh, guys geez. so this is going to be a, this is a Thank putting you. pressure on and him to good perform. looking yeah and very good looking <laughs> if you didn't catch earlier very good looking my wife's a lucky lady just <laughs> oh, this God. hilarious funny she thinks i'm really funny too guys trust me oh, she thinks she, i'm hilarious yeah. no you're really good looking yeah. and you're super funny yeah yeah she she my jokes always land with shannon <laughs> let me tell you she doesn't get sick of me at all no not annoying and grating on the mind you know <laughs> It's, it's kind of it's every once in a while I feel really bad for her pretty, pretty much every day like dude. whenever she, you're not around her I, I feel but, great for her when I'm not around her like, oh, oh, she's probably so relieved I would like, think she'd be missing you so much oh, yeah. with our two rambunctious daughters and then me over there going <laughs> check this out like, you know, trying to light my farts on fire in the living room or something it's, daddy's I can, funny yeah I can see how uh, yeah she's probably happy to see. she's like oh you're doing a podcast tonight perfect how many hours are you gone for Ah, oh, maybe I can. This grinding headache I've had for the last fourteen years will go away for a little bit. So, so that's a little bit about Tyler the man. Why yeah. don't we ask a couple questions about Tyler the brewer and owner of Libertine Brewing Company? Uh, guess question to start off. Where did the idea come from? How long were you kind of planning it before, like you opened Libertine? Like, what drove you to open your own brewery? Um, stupidity. And ego, probably, I would say. It's gotten, you, th- it's gotten come, you this far, come and you've gone pretty yeah. far. Uh, six years, right? Yeah, we're a little over six years now. Started 2012. Um, so I'm 33. I'll be 34 in a couple of weeks. And when I was 18 years old, I got my first job in the industry, stocking shelves for a local distributor. Um, my wife and I moved to San Diego, or Santa Cruz first. I did merchandising up there, which is stocking shelves, you know, driving trucks. We lived in San Diego. I did um, draft technicians. So I was installing draft systems, doing that. Then we ended up moving back up here because we wanted to be closer to family to start a fa- to start a family. We want to be closer to our family, and um, 
came back up and I was doing on-premise sales. So selling to bars and restaurants, beer and working for more distributors. And, you know, you, I think it's everybody's dream, especially when you're a home brewer, like I can do this, you know? And, yeah. um, yeah, we, uh, ended up meeting, um, guy named Burt Caldwell who had a restaurant Barkerdale grill up in Morro Bay. I was actually brewing a beer for him on kind of a rinky dink. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a brewing system. It's more just like a fermenter where they dump fermentable sugars into it and try to call it beer. And, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, and so he one day paid me, which at the time I thought was like insane, like a couple hundred bucks to brew him a beer. I'm like, Oh, this guy's, this guy's an I'm idiot. rich. Like, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, I knew uh, I could do this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he started like, why does our beer always taste terrible? And so I started going, well, you, you didn't know, know I make sour beers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to take really terrible beer. We should make sour beer. And uh, kind of long story long, but, you know, we started talking and, and then, yeah, uh, six years later. So you like, are you telling me you did like a no boil beer? Like. So what they were getting, there's still a couple spots even in this county that do it. So there's a, not to do too much deep into the weird industry laws and things, there's such things as the Type 75 license in California. Mm -hmm. So with that license, you can, as long as you're creating craft, or just craft beer, as long as you're creating beer and quote unquote, nobody can see me doing quotes with my fingers, but I'm doing them right now. I, I can see them. Uh, I'll testify. Brewing something. Uh, you also get, there's a certain license you can get where you can get a liquor license with that. So it's kind of a loophole oh. of spending, you know, 200 grand on a license or something. I see what's you get going a brewing on here. license yeah. and you get the liquor with it. Um, they've actually stepped back. We actually hosted the California Craft Brewer Association uh, regional meeting in this area at Libertine a couple of weeks ago. And they're that's on the docket is they're going to like ax that. And they're going to get rid of it. Unless you're actually get rid of it, but it's going to be a legitimate way brewery. harder to do it. So yeah. a smart, astute capitalist businessman found out years ago when, when that became a law, it was actually a California pizza kitchen hmm. wanted to get liquor. And that, so they've got millions of bucks. So they paid some guy. He went up, Makes one beer you know, a day or yeah. a week or a month. Grease and Palms got this beer, this this law passed, and this other guy found out, oh, okay, well, I can sell people that don't know how to make beer, these fermenters, and they give them these uh, five-gallon buckets of, like, I, it was like liquid malt extract, but it had these weird, like, hot pellets that looked like marshmallows floating on the top. Oh, weird. And these electric bands that you plug into the wall and kind of liquefy this, like syrupy stuff and then you dump it in yeah that doesn't sound like a great and it beer. had <laughs> one ounce of dry yeast and it would say australian yeast on it which i don't even know what that is yeah and it was just one ounce of dry yeast for a five barrel batch which i don't know how many brewers are listening to this but that's yeah it's that's you wouldn't even use that much for a five gallon batch let alone a you know it was how i'm sorry how much yeast was it five it's one ounce so it's little i mean oh. it looked like a a packet of you know uh What's that? Um, my wife makes you take all that. Emergency. Yeah, yeah emergency yeah, yeah. stuff. It was like that size. Yeah. For five barrels, for 150 gallons of beer would, would be one little emergency pack. Of right. And then it would say, in exactly 23 days, turn the glycol on and chill it. And then wait two days. And it's like, well, wait, how do you know if it's. I mean, just. So it was just the worst possible thing. But, hmm. and a lot of places were actually just doing that. And then writing, paying their taxes on it, and then just dumping it down the drain. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Get their liquor license. Um, so oh, I'm not saying he was doing so that. So how bad was the but, beer? Oh, it, was, it wasn't drinkable. It was terrible. Um, but so I started kind of telling like, well, this is why 
It's terrible. He didn't know. He was legitimately like he wanted he obviously wanted a liquor license, beer, yeah. but he also was like, "Hey, we're making beer, cool," and couldn't figure out. So started talking and doing it, and then we ended up partnering up, and then we started the Libertine. And uh, all right, so I might sound like an idiot right now. Well, that's not going to be hard for you. Yeah, so. I know I've sounded like an idiot many times in the past. <laughs> all right, I've actually Googled what the fuck Libertine means sure three or four times, mm-hmm. and I can't seem to remember. And I and what I mean like what's it what's it mean exactly? I mean what the fuck does Libertine? What's the significance <laughs> for starting? Yeah, your, naming so, your brewery? or why is that? And why did you guys pick it? It's kind of a fun story, I guess. Probably not. I think it's fun. Uh, I can actually remember the time I thought of it, which is always for me. I can't ever remember anything. That's probably because I have a terrible <laughs> drinking problem. But, right. Uh, yeah. We won't delve into that. If yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, we're gonna delve yeah. into yeah. it. We'll yeah. just yeah. exacerbate it. Yeah. We weren't. We're not gonna tell anybody yeah. you have a problem. They're just gonna uh, notice it. So Bert, the guy I was talking about that had the restaurant, the uh, existing restaurant at the time, I really wanted to take him down to San Diego, where I'd moved back up from a few years earlier, and kind of show him the scene down there. Mm-hmm. You know, eight years ago, seven years ago, it was. I mean, it's it was not that it's lost its cachet, but there was now there's L.A. and everything where that there was nothing like that. Like there was here locally, we had Central Coast Brewing, Dunbar and Firestone. You know, yeah. it was it was so now it's cool to really see and we can get into that later. But so I want to take him down, show him, hey, you can have literally a garage door roll up. You can have a, a pizza port where you, you know, you have this and that. Mm hmm. Um, so we had actually left Pizza Port, Solana Beach, and we're driving through Del Mar, and there's a place called the Brigantine, which is a really cool little seafood restaurant. It looks down on Del Mar Racetrack. Oh, okay. And I look okay. over, and I'm like, ah, Brigantine, that's a cool – we should just use that. And I'm like, we should just steal that from them. <laughs> Screw and, them. Uh, and for some reason in my head, Libertine popped up. And um, like, So you actually knew this a, word beforehand. Yeah, and I go, what's a Libertine? Like, what does that even mean? Oh, okay, so it was floating around back okay, there. Well, there's you... that movie with Johnny Depp where he gets, like, AIDS or whatever, or, like, old uh, uh, old school, like, like oh, <laughs> castle old sc- AIDS. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, like death sentence AIDS? Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's not really AIDS. It's, like, where it's, yeah, when you used to get, like, gonorrhea, then you're, like, brain rotted. You know? Oh, right, right. Okay, um, yeah. So, uh, so it was before my time. Yeah, a few years ago, yeah. Um, anyway, so that, that, that I've never actually even really seen that movie. For some reason, Pop Libertine. I go and I, I pull my phone out and I Google Libertine. And it popped up and it's a, a basis for the Libertarian Party, which I didn't even realize was such a rad party. Which I, I thought because like that's like the prefix kind of. Or, yeah. You know. Um, so really, uh, not only is like naming the brewery fit perfect, but it's really kind of like almost not changed my life and that like libertarian, but it's really right. kind of like, Oh, like open up all these other things. Like, wow, this is kind of cool. and really gotten into more of it. But so, uh, liberty, so a, lib- a libertine there's, you know, it shrugs social norms. It's, uh, it, you do your own thing. You know, there's uh don't tell me what to do. I won't tell you what to do. Kind of a mm-hmm. eccentric, the artist, the, the different, um, there it's, it's kind of that, that. So, uh, with the libertarian party, it's more like a, Hey, you know, knock it off with all the taxes. Yeah. You know, we don't need all this regulation. Like people Every, can figure themselves, not anarchists. In any everybody means, has but, their own liberties. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Hey, everybody should be, you should be able to be free and do what you want, which I think is the basis of the United States and America and all those things. And I don't know. So right. really was, long story. Was that concept of like bucking the social norms? What? Well, it coerc- just clicked right there as I'm reading on my phone. I'm reading it out loud. And I go, "Oh my god, this is Libertine, Libertine." That's right, but, but no, it, that makes total sense. <laughs> before you came me, up with, you know? before you yeah. came up with the name, or was it like because of that name is when you went in the direction of Wild Ales and everything like that? 
Uh, no, we, I always, so that's a whole nother sidebar. So being in the industry on the distribution and sales side for so long and seeing huge brands and working with brands like Coors and Sierra Nevada and New Belgium and Miller and, you know, Lagunitas all the way down to little tiny, you know, when, when Ballast Point was, um, in our portfolio when I worked in San Diego, I was literally delivering Cornelius kegs back to them. Like it was like, it was such a side little bar for them. It was a homebrew shop and mm-hmm. they were selling court. They would, I would, they wouldn't even have, they wouldn't even drive a truck out to where they were from the, the warehouse. So they'd send a draft tech in the back of <laughs> me, yeah. in the back of my pickup truck. Where they're like, oh, okay, well we've got some like foamy Coors light taps out in the desert. We'll go, <laughs> hey, throw these Cornelius <laughs> kegs in the back of your truck, Tyler, on your way out to fix this foamy beer keg mm-hmm. uh, at this Ballast Point place. And I can still remember, I, th- it, I don't know what it was and I don't know if it was, it had to be a mental thing, but that fate place literally smelled like stinky fish. And like I know Ballast Point, and you, you know, it just sounds fish? stupid. Like, you know, yellow, t- like, I don't even know what they're, it's so different now <laughs> than it was, but it, all their beers were all like, which I think they still kind of are, but they were like fish based, like IPA, but there was, it was before all the like pineapple and all this oh, crazy right. stuff and before they went huge. And then the bio, but it was, it's, it was cool to see that, I guess, at the time. I don't know what I'm talking about. What am I talking about? Um, um, whether or not you wanted to do wild ales ah, before yes. or after okay. you came up with Libertine. So seeing all those things, seeing the growth with us. Sorry, I get all my tirades in my It's okay. Right yeah. T- tangents are kind yeah. of a part of this. So sorry, like, I blocked we were, out. What happened? Yeah. Uh, you took off all your clothes. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm naked. Uh, God, He's even the... more handsome with his clothes off. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. And uh, so seeing that. And then seeing where like the big growth happened with these big breweries, I, I kind of figured like, okay, look, here's the deal. We're never, and, and this is just my theories on everything. It's not like I know all and I'm right on everything. But yeah. My well, thoughts we know were, that. Don't well, worry yeah, about that. <laughs> anybody knows me knows I make a lot of mistakes. Ask my wife. Like yeah. I was talking about. Uh, but the the thought was like, okay, when when New Belgium launched into Idaho, there was nobody else in Idaho to even so like all they had was just big macro beers. They had Rainier and uh, Coors Light, Miller, and, you know, hams. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted craft beer and you saw Fat Tire on the shelf, you're buying it. So, of course, you're going to have huge growth. I'm not taking anything away from Sierra Nevada or Lagunitas, New Belgium, any of those ones. I mean, they make a great product. They've done amazing things for the industry. But the growth potential and the growth for that, I I personally don't think is ever going to happen again. Mm -hmm. There. You know, uh, I love Central Gross Brewing and they make world-class beer, but I don't think, I don't think George would ever want to anyways, but I can, they're never going to be a Firestone size. You know, I just, I don't think the the industry can support it. So I started to kind of see those trends of like, because like I said, 15 years of sales and seeing like, okay, New Belgium's, you know, in our area just dropped 50%, 50%, 50%. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now we're flat. It's like, right. what's going on? Or Sierra Nevada, same thing. It was all kind of Our projected growth out. is flattened out. And then but, you look and you go, okay, now there's 18 more breweries opening in San Luis Obispo County or wherever. Yeah. And now, or you're you're going to go launch into Montana. Well, now there's 25 different breweries in Montana that you're going to go to. So Little neighborhood be, breweries that and everybody they're doing wants great to support. Beer. And, and it's not a thing too of like, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, unless you started washing kegs, worked your way up to a, a brewer and learned it, or you went to UC Davis or you went to Siebel in Chicago, there was really nowhere to learn to brew. Like those are the three options. Like mm-hmm. you start at the bottom, you spend 10 years slugging away at some brewery and you hope you, 
you get up there and learn it and then maybe you can then two funding nobody wanted to fund you know the mid 90s there's the big crash so you're like at 2001 nobody wants to give you a four hundred thousand dollars to open a craft brewery yeah. but, well now all of a sudden there's just huge growth again now people have you know you've got investors like oh craft beer i heard you can make money in that you know uh this ballast point just sold for a billion dollars mm-hmm. sure i'll give you a million bucks open a brewery that'll be me next you've also got the fact that you can literally go on youtube and google like how do i use a, a plate filter and like right you, you yeah did, <laughs> 10 years ago that didn't exist you couldn't yeah. do that it was just like I don't know how do I do it, and then you screwed up and whatever. Like you can learn almost anything online now. Yeah, absolutely. And the barrier to entry with like funding is a lot easier. And then two, the equipment. So like it used to be, you either bought crappy Chinese junk that was going to fall apart in a month, and it could show up half put together. I mean, I've I've heard horror stories. I've seen horror stories of like tanks coming like not even welded together and fall. You know, oh, Jesus. or you spent <laughs> yeah. five times that amount and bought American made stuff, which. I'm all about back, but it's like, that's big it's money. It's five times as much. Now the Chinese stuff is just as good and it's a quarter of the price. So you can get a, a full brewery for the quarter price what you used to pay. Learn everything you need to know practically doing that. So the And then two, with so many options, the crappy ones that have been around for 20 years just making junk and people just went there because it's the local spot and it was fun and they wanted to support their buddy, they're going to go, oh, I'm not going there anymore. There's a right. new spot down the street that's making world-class beer. Yeah. So I kind of saw all that. I go, okay, I'm not a brewmaster. I know how to brew. I've got tons of brewmaster friends, but I have no brewmaster. And two, how am I going to compete in a market where everybody's making good beer? Because realistically, at a certain point, <laughs> the bad ones are going to die, and we're just going to have a ton of really good breweries making really good beer. Yeah, exactly. Which is good. It's Which good for awesome. the industry. It's good for me because I love drinking yeah. beer. It's good for you guys. It's good for everybody. I think I see where you're going with this. So like, okay, how can I create something that's truly unique to our region that you know people always crap on you know Anheuser-Busch or Miller Coors or all these big guys that – and look, I have my – I could go for a whole, we can talk about that later about my hatred and why I think they're not good for me and different things. But the, the thing that I always kind of thinks, I think it's kind of funny at this point is people, Oh yeah, they make garbage. It's piss water and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's not. Wait, it's That's really the hardest good, beer to make in the world. Coors light to brew Coors light mm-hmm. and then have it shipped to Afghanistan and have it taste just like Coors light is impossible. The way, fact that they can do that blows my mind. And it's just, it's just, it's like how in the world. So those guys get, Every year at UC Davis, they just pick all the top guys. They just go, cool. Like Anheuser-Busch comes in and goes, yeah. okay, okay, we're the top hired. five students. Yeah, yeah boom, you're here. Yeah. Uh, all the best technology. Yeah, we're taking that. We're doing that. I mean, so they've got the best brewers, the best technology, the most money. The thing I uh, hate is their their way of marketing and their aggressive tactics with smaller breweries, things like that. That's right. a separate subject. The fact that the juice itself, it might not be something that I want to go drink when I get off work. But the juice itself is incredibly well crafted for what they're trying to make and how it's done. There's not enough more money or technology put into a beer than a Bud Light or a Coors Light. But their ability to corner the market is what you're not a fan of. Right. And there's a whole nother. But just to finish with. So my thinking was, what can I create that they can't create? They can recreate uh, Sculpin IPA. They can make that. They can can do that. They could clone that right now. what can't they clone? Well, they can't clone San Luis air and they can't clone the barrels that I'm using and mm-hmm. the temperature and the grapes that I'm going to go source to blend into this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to create, I'm born and raised in this area. I love this area. How can I incorporate this area 
into our beers and create something that even with a trillion dollars, you can't create. Now you can love it. You can hate, oh, I don't like sour beer. I don't like Libertine beer. Yep. I don't like this, that. That's fine. I, you know, obviously I wish everybody liked our beer and it's great, but you know, I know for a fact and I can stand on a soapbox and say, and be very proud of the fact we create something completely unique to what we are and where we are. And it truly represents our area because and my wife and I are big wine fans and we go up to Napa and we try wine and we're here in Edna. We like the wines there. It's very regional. And some people like this, and I'm obviously I'm biased. I like Edna Valley cause I live in Pismo and we bop over and we drink, you know, Claiborne Churchill and Shamus mm-hmm. all the time. And I love it. So I think that's some of the best wine ever because that's what I like to drink. And I'm proud of that. And it's grown right here. And it's, I know the winemakers and I want to be that for this area. You know, yeah. I want it to be like, Hey, you know, Brendan at Central Coast Brewing makes one of the best paleos in the world. I was literally there today drinking Monterey street. Right, and I yeah. love that place. And I wish I was 10% as talented as that guy. and know oh, how to hell. do that. <laughs> but I want to be the place that's like, Hey, the other, the opposite of that, you know, like, Hey, that's the best clean beer in the world. Hey, this is the coolest, most unique thing Truly you can get local. in this area. And yeah. I'm not saying he's not local either. Like I said, I support him and do all, all right. that, but I, I wanted to be the, when you think, when you think San Luis Obispo, I want you to think of the Liberty and, and not because we're the best beer or whatever you want to say to it, or I don't like this style, or whatever, because it truly envelops where we are. And I think we make a pretty damn good product. And, and Sour yeah. Beers is a niche market, and it's still, like, especially when you guys started six years ago, there was not very many Sour Beer breweries yeah, at uh, all. Yeah, Rare Barrel wasn't even yeah. a thing yet. Um, there was a few little, like, breweries that were doing little side projects with it. You know, Lost Abbey was a big inspiration, Russian River, um, I'm trying to think who else was kind of doing it at the time, but it was not like now every single brewery in the country has a sour program. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. decides like, oh, we've yeah. been doing this for a while. We're ready to make you know yeah. sours and wells. So I, that's that's really like impressive to hear as a resident or like a supplanted resident because I'm not from here originally. I'm from like Fresno Central Valley area, but I really did fall in love with this, like going to school at Cal Poly and wanting to stay and looking like that's gonna be able to happen. So that's like as a San Luis Obispo re- a resident. Maybe not by birth, but by choice and desire. That's really awesome yep. to hear to have that, that I guess that that entity that really wants to put the community back towards the community. Yeah, and I think I, does I that. I think we're all a little bit libertines at heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, as much as like I said, I, I hate to keep them like if you, even if you don't like the beer, because I mean we're distributed in twenty states. It's in just Europe what and we do, no matter what. But it, it, obviously, a lot of people like the beer. But you know, it, it's kind of like one of those things that. I want it to be, like I said, I want to represent us the best way possible. So that, cause I mean, our, our beers are on shelves in St. Louis and there, we just did a festival in Italy and we're, we're there. So like, this is the first time people might be, are even trying beer from our area. That's and that makes cool, me proud actually. and stoked that it's like, we're yeah. able to showcase well, and that's San why Louis we bring local. in things like ocean water. From Do the you sea see a lot of grapes, or, like, um, increase in sales in some of these states that you might not expect to be big sour beer states? Uh, I mean, <sighs> The industry's really crazy right now. The last yeah. year's been a r- real roller coaster for distribution. Right. Um, get into that more if you want. Uh, um, before but, we do, yeah. do you mind if we crack open one of the, the yeah, new bottles you brought? I'm not bringing anything with me. So whatever <laughs> you drink, whatever you want, and don't <laughs> drink whatever you want to save for yourself. For uh, <laughs> oh, drink them all. We're drinking all right. them all. Same. Do you want to do the Gwerz? What's that? The Gwerz still hurts. Gewurz? Sure. Yeah. That's... I don't know how to speak. I don't know the pronunciation. Gewurz till it hurts. Um, but uh, what was it? oh, just so distribution. The, yeah, wise, so yeah. like our biggest market areas seem to be, and and it's hard because what happens too with our stuff, we're with a Shelton Brothers, which is like a importer, and they also do some distribution networks throughout the country. 
Um, but it's mainly, um, so we, we will like ship to them in Boston and it takes right. like two weeks to get to Boston. And, and then, then from there, then this distributor to? in Washington might order three times a year from them. So then you got to wait for, you know, so that's like a big lag time. So it's always kind of like, and then our beers, take which in your minimum. case is good because your beers can sit in the bottles for a little while. Sure. That's great for it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's never really a, a concern as much as just, it's hard to like, to focus on sales focus studies. Focus on just know yeah. what you need. Because our beers then minimum eight year eight years from brew date to bottle. And then it's another two to three months in bottle minimum. So there's a lot of lag time and figuring out like two years. I have to start trying to think about stuff like two years in advance. You know, it's like what, where do we be? What are we making? What's going to work? And it's How much hard. volume are we going to yeah. make? But um, for the most so, – and then trickling the information back to us is always tough. But Florida, New York um, – Washington uh, are like our three biggest out of state areas. It seems to be, um, and then Bay Area is big for us. Uh, San Diego, LA, still we sell beer there, but it's not crazy. But also our dis- distribution down there isn't as strong as it is up. The Lime Ventures that we use is based in the Bay Area, so they have a lot bigger presence there. Okay. So it's statewide. So it's kind of like, of course, we're gonna have more sales in San or San Francisco than we are in San Diego because it's an eight hour drive away and we don't have the same presence there that, that the distributor being based in that yeah. East Bay is, you know, I feel like Florida is an interesting state for a, for a sour beer to be in. I don't know why. I just feel like yeah, it, I mean, it, it seems weather, like a, tar, it's, it's really, it's, I mean, is there anything really coming? I'm trying to think of like the big Florida ones and you might know being well, like funky Buddha. You've got uh green bench. Does, you've got, I was um, say, does funky Buddha do like they have? A I think so. I mean, funky, right? No, funky? I, the <laughs> only thing I know from them is they're uh, the, the maple bacon coffee porter. Yeah. Like I actually don't think I've ever heard of anything from, I don't think I've ever really had They're, they're also now constellation. So, Oh, are they? Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, the only one I can think of is I know Jay Wakefield does a couple Berliners and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they do. I know they have a, a decent sour program or a good sour program. I've been uh, recommended them multiple times from different people. Uh, also, can I comment? But, just the just hey, I haven't tried it. Yet. The aroma off this thing kicks ass. Oh, like halfway hurts? across the table, the thing is hitting me, and it just fucking nice. smells fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this is one of the ones I'm. So I really get excited, like kind of going back to showcasing our region that's what like gets me most like the more shit i can throw in from here and make more us and and this Mm -hmm. area the better and then also being able to work with people that i look up to and that i think do great things makes me really excited too so when i can combine those things together it's just makes it so claiborne churchill is a uh, winery that's literally on the same street that our brewery's on but about how far do you think that is broad's pretty big like six miles maybe away? <laughs> yeah. E, probably, yeah. That sounds about right. say 6.3 miles. That's what I'm I think saying. that sounds way more accurate. I also, I also yeah. realized it sounds I was, assu- more accurate. I was also it assuming it isn't. was broad. You have like a couple of different places that you uh, The San Luis location. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say 6.3 miles. <laughs> sounds That's 100% right. It definitely yeah. was sounds that, No one's going to really Was that the backup name for this Probably not beer? accurate. That's a, yeah, 6.3 miles. <laughs> uh, so... We did one last year called uh, Rhine Me Up. So the Rhine region of Germany, uh, Claiborne Churchill Winery is their focus is kind of like really dry German style. So Rieslings, uh, Gewurztraminers, um, which normally I'm not a huge fan of. And mm-hmm. uh, I much prefer, you know, that usually those styles are done in more of a sweeter 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, way, which I'm not, my wife and I aren't really fans of, but they do amazing versions of it. And I always love that when it's like, oh, you think you know this? Like, huh. this is how we're going to do it. And you're like, wow, I didn't realize I liked that. And I kind of like to think of us as that. Well, like, I don't like sour beers. Like, well, try this. Oh, I didn't just, a fr- I mean, I mean, literally daily I hear, well, I didn't think I like sour beers, but I guess I do. And it's like, yeah, I don't just, <laughs> you probably just had a crappy one. Just like, you know, it was like, uh, it was the same thing, session IPAs for me. I hated them. I thought it was so stupid. I'm like, I, I don't get it. Like what, why just make a pale ale? It's a goddamn pale ale. And then I had, uh, uh, easy Jack with, um, when was that? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I had easy Jack and I go, <laughs> Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm get getting it, it now. You know I mean? Yeah, and uh, and that that was like okay. I like session IPs, and now they're all disappeared. I'm like, wait, where are my but, session no, IPs? At? No, just have a pale ale. Have a strong pale. Yeah, there's that new category. Yeah, strong um, pale. You're like, wait a minute, that's an IPA. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I still haven't gotten on the hazy bandwagon. I don't None. feel. I want to be like a curmudgeon old like. Well, in my day, you filtered beer. Yeah. You at least let it attenuate. You made it clear. Yeah, but uh, I still haven't. And I've even, I never, well, you still have the right one, which I'm sure I probably haven't. I mean, I've had, I, I've had good, like Brennan, back to Central Coast Brewing right. here, not to be a homer for our home brand here, but uh, makes obviously world-class award-winning, gold medal winning multiple times. There's nothing I can say more about, you know, his brewing prowess. And he's got a bunch that he does that, you know, everybody loves. They're not bad. They're just, I still have, like, I was hater- on the session IPA, and I like one. loved them. Yeah. I'm still like, eh, I don't get it. maybe but you'll I, eventually come around and been behind behind the curve at that point. See, yeah, well, I'm always behind. The curve. <laughs> I, make, I make barrel aged sour beer. Yeah. Okay, I'm like way behind. The curve. Like, <laughs> well, like how mean, can I make this as hard as possible? Where like no one likes it. Yeah, so okay, I noticed that. that with your guys's beers, they've been becoming or been getting less and less like kick you in the face sour. Sure, and more nuanced and kind of delicate sour and. Um, is that something you've been doing on purpose? Is that something that's just as yeah, the brand um, matures, it's kind of moving into? Or well, um, it's. I'm trying to think of a good. <laughs> I think, especially when you guys move from Morro Bay to, to, to slow, I think listen. you have a little more control over it, things. Yeah, like exactly. But it, so we, I always like kind of not making it harder on myself, but chat like. I like the challenge and I like being able to use, like I said, what we have here and not veer away from that too much. You know what I mean? um, So for a while we were literally brewing with lava rocks from Moro rock that we heat on our kitchen stove before we opened and dump them into a old um, dairy tank to heat our beer and called it the simmer boil. So Mm -hmm. it was like an old Stein brewing method that then we would pour into a cool ship and, and then barrel age. So the control, <laughs> the only controls that we had were our hopping rates. It was literally the only way to control acidity. And, and that then was... blending, but I mean, blending, you're just like, okay, well, here's so low pH sour beer, and then we're just going to try to blend it. So and we that were... was full spontaneous fermentation yeah. on the cool ship, right? Yeah. So we had, those were our limitations. And then when we moved to the brewing space to slow, um, we still have Morro Bay, but we moved all the equipment out. We actually got Telegraph Brewing's old system, uh, oh, fifteen okay. barrel brew cool. house, steam well, jacketed, and then it's a, it's a we pretty could system actually too. I like the way it looks. Boil beer, which was like 
Wow. <laughs> this, oh. is, this is a new thing for us. <laughs> I mean, once again, behind the curve. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow, yeah. we can boil beer now? What is this? What, is this? what are we driving? Wait, flying wait, wait, cars wait. too? Yeah. Were you using the original fermentation tank from the guy that had the Embarcadillo Grill? One of the, yeah. We wow. still have them. In you still have those in use? We have two five-barrel bright tanks that we use to package all of our keg beer. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep, good old, old trusty. An old trusty uh, doing his job. Uh, yeah, so I've I've always been a big proponent of and and you know you you're probably surprised to hear me if people have drank our beer for many years that you know like I said we started out with very acidic very tart beer. Um, mm-hmm. I was always trying to fight that. We were doing insane hopping rates was, and stuff to yeah. try to cut it down. Um, but that was all because there was no boil, there was no control. It was just controlled chaos. Dare which, I say it was a little rough at times? There, yeah. Well, especially at first uh, bottling. If you take those bottle, I've I've been pulling some out of the library from like five years ago, and actually tasting through them. They're actually tasting pretty good these really? days. Really, yeah, out a little of, bit. Which I think any kind of beer, especially in our style, I always like them with a year or two on them. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the idea that, so I always like to think of it as acidity is a component of the flavor. Mm-hmm. It should not be the flavor, just like any beer I drink. I mean, Pivo Pilsner is like my favorite beer in the world. It's the perfect beer. Dustin will be happy uh, to hear you say that and yeah. again. <laughs> and uh, so the why I think it's perfect is because it is Wait balanced. a minute. You know is that what, I mean? what you smuggled in here was a Pivo Pils? Oh, yeah, that's my... Smuggled in? He brought, <laughs> he brought like a... Oh, he did? I see this little koozie over there, a yeah. smuggled in beer that he's yeah, been hiding. I brought my own personal Pivo... Pivo st- <laughs> your own Pivo stash? <laughs> yeah, Pivo stash. <laughs> Get your dick skinners away from that, okay? I'll just I'll, I'll touch my Pivo. Yeah, uh, and uh, so it's nuanced. It's not super hoppy. It's not... You know, I, I don't really drink a lot of like double IPAs or things like that because it's just, it's too much one way or the other, you know what I mean? And, and I it's think too it, hard to get a good one fast enough. Sure. I've noticed, you know, I mean. Yeah. But then you go to some other breweries and it's like, what have I done? <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. Right. Well, and, and just <laughs> that the extremeness of, so, of things and, and, you know, like I said, we've been guilty of it in the past of certain things that. You know, we, we put out that, you know, hey, uh, this is sour as, as, as hell, you know, right. and, and some people love it and they, that's, that's, a, you know, I'll get like hate mailing. Why, why don't you make uh, more rock stays on anymore? And oh, like, they, so you had some fans of that really punch oh, you yeah. in the face. Yeah, people, kinda... I mean, there, there's fans of everything. There's fans yeah. of, you know, two girl, one cup for crying that's out loud. That's true. Oh, Jesus. They, everybody Jesus. likes something. We were talking about that pre-podcast uh, and, uh, yeah. well, Shane, you do you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what the? But I'm just saying, like, so there's a beer for everybody. And and thing two is, like, I don't ever think that I don't think there's a such a thing as a bad beer. Like, literally, a oxidized garbage weird thing could be someone's favorite beer. Maybe they really like that. I've met people that like, like, warm, you know, uh, yeah. natty ice. No, yeah. Like, well, I like mine warm, or I like to pour mine on ice, or what, whatever. Who are we to say? That's a bad thing. You know, That's if true. you really like Blue Moon and shoving a half a goddamn orange into the thing and walking around and that's what gets your rocks off, go for it. Get your rocks Fine. off. Fine. <laughs> that's great. I'm not going to be here like, I don't want to drink that. You and really if do you try embrace... to hand me one of those, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm I'm good. Thanks. And you're you going to oh, look at this. You do the idea, don't you? Snoots magoots over here. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, what? my brother busts my balls all the time about it because he's a, he likes craft beer, but he'll also, you know. 
12 pack of Coors Light. I'm like, ah, you got any Pivo over saying, there? man. I love getting a little Coors original. Yeah, and it's it's fine. I'll drink it if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> and going back to what I was saying before, it's not that I think it's a badly made beer. It's just the flavor profiles are not my favorite. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell my brother he's an idiot for drinking that. I'm going to go, hey, I should probably be supporting somebody local that makes a little better beer, maybe mm-hmm. like a Firestone Peeble Pilsner, but, uh, <laughs> or, you know, even an 805. You really like uh, no flavor in your beer? Yeah, go get for a, an Get a 12 or an 805 <laughs> and at least support uh, David Walker's beautiful hairdo. You know what I mean? I don't know. It is flowing locks. It's gorgeous. Maybe it should be uh, David, him, he, David uh, Lock, uh, lock hair? I don't lock know. hair. I don't know. There's a joke we somewhere in there. We were at a festival. <laughs> it was a bacon and barrels like four years ago or something. And I remember we had a booth. My wife and I were pouring. And uh, I said something like, oh, David David actually showed up. That's cool. Like, you want to go say hi or whatever? She's like, oh, yeah, okay. And, like, we walked over. And he's standing there talking to somebody. And walk up. Hey, David, how's it going? Give him a high five. Chat for a second. Walk off. And my wife's like, I, I didn't know that that was going to be David Walker. And I'm like, what, <laughs> she are, you, ex- what are you talking about? <laughs> She's like, I just thought he was going to be some old grizzly gray haired man or something. He's, oh, right. he's pretty handsome. I'm like, Jesus, babe. Okay. Tap the brakes. Don't you know right, that you're you standing next David to Tyler? Walker, you know? Who's Hello? more handsome yeah. than you? I'm the most handsome guy in the world. Okay? Jesus. <laughs> you're married to the most handsome man in the world. All right? I hope you Jeez. made her, I hope you put her shit straight. Yeah. Let her know. Oh, well, you know, I pushed her around a little bit. Good. You know, I didn't good. let her. Put her in the- <laughs> Yeah, uh, they have place, a, that's yeah. in a barn, so you just pushed her in the dirt, right? Yeah. yeah so exactly. now who's ugly? All Bacon right. and barrels, yeah. All right. We might, we might redirect it back here a little bit. <laughs> Dirty girl. I'm going to see where I can go. So uh, this beer that we have in front of us, uh, this is part of the membership, correct? The, the, I really liked going off the rails. What happened? <laughs> I like I'll going push off, you the back rails off the rails, too. In a minute. Yeah, going off the rails is great, like, <laughs> for a little yeah, bit so of time. So till it hurts. Um, so this is our second collaboration with one of my favorite wineries, Claiborne and Churchill. And in Edna Valley, San Luis Obispo County, um, same before they focus on, uh, dry German styles and really good Pinot. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we did, uh, Ryan me up was the first one, which was, um, Riesling state dry Riesling that we had co-fermented and blended into a beer. And then this year we did Gewurztraminer and uh, blended it into our Edna Table Saison, which is named after the Edna Valley that actually created that beer. It's a 4% Table Saison um, for kind of a respite between wine tasting because my wife and I go wine tasting all the time in Edna Valley. You're drinking 14% wines. You hit a couple wineries, you want to have a little picnic. You're kind of like, do I want to drink 14% wine while I'm having this picnic? Yes, I do, but also (laughs) I would like a 4% cold beer here. This is a a classy fucking beer. Thanks, yeah. man. It yeah. tastes really well, good. Well, I'm a classy-ass bitch. <laughs> super clean. I, I like this one a lot. In fact, uh, the Halter Ranch one that you had a while back was one of my all-time favorites from you guys. I, I, this is probably... Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I think this is I think this bit. is my new favorite. Yeah. Because it used to be Jove. I fucking love Jove. Well, we yeah. still got a lot more to go through. but That's yeah, very I true. Think, uh, but we got a whole book the, here. Yeah. This one's leading the show right now. Um, no, seriously. like it, It's... I don't know. I, I know a very little bit about Gert's demeanor. Gewurz demeanor. Gewurz demeanor. Um, what do you like, know about it? I know it's my mom's favorite style, the sweet kind. Really? Okay. So when I, when I like turned 21, I think that's what I got her for Christmas is alcohol. Okay. I don't Some know anything about that stuff, <laughs> so you could teach me maybe. Um, but no, this is just flavorful but not acidic. I, I, I'm not obviously like a beer taster professional. I, it tastes good. Like 
Well, thank you. Yeah, very good. So, well, oh, but I remember. Go ahead, Shane. Oh no, I was gonna say. So everybody go. I feel yeah. like we're all going ahead to each other. So uh, I'm the guest. We were, we were kind of talking about it a little bit. You can only get this with the membership, correct? Or on tap? Uh, yeah. So this was part of the membership club. Um, a lot of times we'll have maybe. 50 bottles or something extra um, that we offer to the members first. If they don't, we'll toss them on a shelf in um, the tasting room and slow. Um, but especially the platinum ones, those ones really don't ever hit distribution at all. Where, if there's a, like Heretic, our collaboration with Heretic, which I brought, um, okay. that's already sold out and the release was Saturday. Wow. So it's already, oh, you should, you, like I was actually, usually I try to sell her like four or five cases of things to. So really being on the platinum membership is totally something that if you want to get the best of Libertine. You yeah. Lee, do. I love this plug here. Yeah. Right? If what? you are, if you're a fan of great beer and good deals, yeah, I would totally <laughs> sign up for the Libertine platinum club. How much you should get on it? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. What was that? How <laughs> much? Do you- uh, so, uh, we launched the club. Five years ago, I believe, and it's changed a few times over the years. Used to be most of the beer clubs are like you pay once a year, and you slowly get beers throughout the year. Um, my wife and I, being fans of wine clubs and members of wine clubs, we kind of liked the like. I don't have two hundred dollars just lying around to just spend once a year and then hope I get my bottles. And the place isn't out of business yeah. in eight months. So, <laughs> yeah. joining a wine club, you get to put your credit card in. You don't pay any money, and then when the bottles are ready every quarter or every six months or whatever that winery does, they charge your card, you come to a party and you do it. And I loved that idea. So about a year and a half ago, we launched the new club. Maybe it was two years ago. Um, and it's just that. So you can sign up year round. It's not like it used to be, we'd have one month a year where it's just so stressful. Like, God, let's try to get as many people open to join enrollment. as possible. Open enrollment. We got this month and then we got to shut it down so that we can project for the year and da, 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 da. And it was like, Oh God, how many people did we get? Now it's like, you know, like I think we had two people sign up today. Just came in the restaurant, we're eating food, drinking beer. Oh, this is great. That's oh, I can awesome, sign up. Man. Here we go. Let's sign up. Do you, so can, well, I mean, in that regard, do you foresee an issue maybe with not having enough beer for everybody in uh, said membership? Well, so what we do, um, so my wife, my wife runs the club part of it. Um, and she does the whole membership and, and shipping and online sales and everything. And, um, we work close with Stephen, our head brewer and, kind of try we'll kind of know it's not like we have like 100 person swings in a month you know right, it's, yeah. it's slowly surely builds over time and um so we've got two different clubs you've got the gold which is three bottles um and it's 60 bucks uh and it's shipped to your door for free or you can show up we have like amazing pickup parties every quarter uh, we have live bands playing. We have free food. We've got free drink. You can taste all six of the releases for free. It's it's a killer deal. Damn. Plus, you get fifteen uh, percent off every time you come in. So if you're a local, you get fifteen percent off. You're getting three bottles for six and sixty bucks. I think we did it three times this year. Usually we do it quarterly, but um, we had some. We wanted to make sure we had enough beer for everybody. To kind of go into what you're talking there about. You so yeah. we dropped it to three times this year to make sure. Uh, next year we're projected we're all good for four uh, releases, but uh, and then there's platinum which is 110, same thing. It's included shipping to your door anywhere in California, um, and then 20% off anytime you come in or order anything online. The uh, the additional three bottles are usually or always more rare, and uh, sometimes it's literally just for that. Like there's. Um, some bottles like the heretic one, like we did, it literally just went to club members and that was it. And then it was gone. Nice. Um, 
and then there's something called basement tapes, but there's a that's a invite only kind of thing. But um, oh, is that like a um, kind of like a like a brewer's dinner thing or something like that? Or what is uh, that? you just get an additional three bottles on top of the six, uh, and um, a few other. That's brewers. for the special of the special. But it's yeah, that's it's probably like the long term. Like, it's not even worth mentioning because there's. I think we have like. 30 or 40 people in it yeah or not even that i think it's like 30 people and it's it's closed like we have to like yeah you have to find somebody who has it kill people them, have to take people have membership. to earn it well yeah we <laughs> like my wife went through and we're like okay these people order extra bottles these people do that and wow did that so that was something we launched uh two releases ago and it's went really well and people are stoked but it's a killer deal like when you really think about it you're like okay these bottles are already retailing for 20 some bucks a bottle getting them shipped to your door for like you live in Sacramento and you're just getting beer delivered to your door for 60 bucks for three bottles like there and you don't have to drive anywhere you don't have to go and it's it's, it's insane honestly yeah, yeah that's a huge deal 110 for six that's yeah that's I mean these are 750 killer. milliliter bottles they're corked and capped many of them took us two three years sometimes to make yeah um, this one was using like world-class Gewurz demeanor that's one metals and I mean that bottles at least 24 26 bucks right yeah yeah, yeah, I think it actually is twenty six dollars. Yeah, I believe that. Like if you can even buy it, because a lot of times these ones just it tastes like a twenty six dollars. One hundred and ten dollars for six beers. That if it were like this, where literally I try it for the first time, I'm like, yep, it's my new favorite one. Yeah, like it's fucking worth it, especially. Yeah, compared to some of this other shit. That All right, run. you sold me. I'll get a there fucking membership. Yeah. Well, like, and just like, the parties <laughs> alone, like, are free. Like, it's literally the pickup parties are free, and it's not like, oh, we have a cheese plate out. Come pick your bottles up. It's like full on. Bands playing. I mean, free taco bar, cheese plates, all the beer you can drink like during the party. Like that alone is. Dude, worth you spend $60. sixty bucks on a beer festival. That's and what that's, I'm saying. You, you yeah. spend six yeah. bucks there, and you don't uh, go home with you anything. You just go with a hangover. Like you get to leave yeah. with bottles, and all it's it's. So so for personal from personal experience, this man puts out a goddamn spread for a bottle share, which maybe like. A do- half a dozen people showed out. Yeah, like if this is his members, he's gonna take fu- he's gonna fucking take care of you. You yeah. know, my very first bottle share was at Libertine in Morro Bay. Was it? Yeah. There you go. That's cute. It was cute, <laughs> and it was like upstairs, and there was like eight people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I th- the bottle shares are so weird. Like sometimes we'll just have one, and it's like. 40 people show up like oh my god we have no space this yeah. is crazy and the next day is like four people and you're like right. uh okay well i guess i'm gonna drink all this beer <laughs> yeah screw it yeah. one year one time we did uh i forgot about it and the other day i was at it's like what's today monday yeah yesterday i was at uh, tin city cider i ran into one of our uh members that was at one of the bo- were you at the the goose goose pong no i wasn't there so that sounds I, fantastic i had had a couple beers Go figure. Tyler had right. a couple beers. Who would have thought? And we had just gotten our shipment of Canteon. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So uh, I set up the uh, ping pong table, and we played goose pong. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was really It's going to piss so many people off, but that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the winner won, like, two bottles of uh, bio goose or whatever. Damn. And uh, so we, it wasn't like a full triangle of it. It was one cup on each end. You had to use a paddle. It's like real. So like, so like traditional, traditional not, real beer yeah. pong, not like throwing, not like Beirut pong. So not like college uh, shit we figured out. So if you hit the cup three times, each time you hit it, you had to take a sip. Even if you chugged the whole, like, I think I poured like maybe four ounces in the cup or something. Oh, can't see on bio goose. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you could chug it. You do whatever. It's your cup. It's just included in the bottle share. But if you hit it three times, you lost. Or if you hit their thing, they lost. Um, or if you made it inside of it, they had to just chug it and they're out too. Nice. So the more you 
one, the more rounds you got, the more goose you got to drink. Right. Because you got to finish that glass each time. And so people were drinking like, I bet, I bet you the winner probably drank a full pint of goose <laughs> like, and then got two bottles to go or whatever. Too. That's God, a sweet deal. It. Yeah, it was fun. You got to yeah, show up to the Can you make my, that a staple? No. I got to work on my ping pong skills. Yeah. I, yeah. That's true. No more ping pong right. and ding dang for me. I've so, learned through the years, is, is like you're saying, people are going to get so mad. At and this isn't like a, like, oh yeah, I knew Jean. Let me, let me name drop whatever. I've hung out with Jean many times. I've actually played ping pong with Jean mm. <laughs> from Cantillon in Kentucky uh, oh, at a, the, the Shelton Fest there a few years back. Beer is meant to drink, and he's very serious about a lot of things, but it I don't think he would be mad at all if I told him that we played beer pong. Oh, no. I, this beer. I, I mean, highly, he sells like, I don't you think go there. Brewer would be mad to hear. I don't I mean, think he sells, I don't think like, you know brewer. those boxed yeah. wines? Yeah. In Belgium, he sells boxed goose that's un... Or it's not goose, it's uh, uh, lambic. So it's just okay. uncarbed, blended lambic in boxes that like old ladies drink like it's uh, boxed Remember wine. those, yeah. No, no, no. I highly... Uh, no, I'm not saying at all he would get upset. I'm saying yeah. all the neckbeards would get upset. Right, and that's what I'm trying to explain. It's like, you guys, stop taking it so serious. You know, yeah. it's, it's beer. It's amazing beer. I think for a lot of folks, it's like if you have it in such volumes, it's it's, you know... It's well, then they should have came to Libertine for the bottle share. Exactly. You missed out. So but for some folks, it's so special. So, so it I don't, is special. I, I mean, want to say, I think it is special. I want to bring yeah. up this term because I love this term. I'm totally stealing it and don't plan to use it ever again. But uh, instead of neck beards, uh, I think it was don't drink beers. He came up with Cesar Rhinos. Cesar Rhinos? Cesar Rhinos, which I think is the best. What the hell is that? So Let's like see. Cicerone, but it's just a whole oh, bunch of big ones. Cesar Rhinos. Cesar Rhinos. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Like so, it. kind of yeah. as we were talking a little Same bit. Chat time? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're taking a selfie. selfie First, let me take a selfie. Cheers. <laughs> so, one thing I've actually always wanted to talk to you about. What is this thing called? Craft Beer Chronicles? Craft Beer yeah. Chronicles. Do you have an Instagram? Yes. Uh, at The Beer Pope. Oh, it's not at It's Craft mine, but it's for the show. It's really confusing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. You should probably get a separate Instagram. I probably should. The Craft Beer. Oh, no. The, the beer, beer, pub, pope. beer pope, sorry. See? Right? He already screwed it up. Uh, the in the world-famous Shane Neela recording studio, of course. Exactly. I'm going to coin that until it catches on. Oh, man, just tag it in all your Instagram posts. Hashtag world-famous. Whatever you just said. Studio. Oh, are you guys in on the uh, world-famous thing? How do you spell Chronicles? C-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-S. It's like the Chronicles of Narnia for beer. I'm like really not good at spelling. It's okay. Uh, one thing I've always wanted to talk to you about because I find oh, collab. Should we open more beer before we start talking about something else? We're still kind of working on this one. Mm, not uh, for long. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we can skip into the the high street and broad street because we're going to talk about collaborations, or at least I want to ask about collaborations. How's that sound for you? As he looks you're, at his phone. You're, you're the boss. I'm just posting in, uh, uh, selfies on Instagram. All right. Ooh, we're Insta famous. So before we go into the next topic, we're going to switch over to High Street and Broad Street collaboration with High Street Deli, a local sandwich eatery. Oh yeah, if you haven't, if you're local and you haven't been to High Street Deli, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. Yeah, I'm kind of blowing life. I did not know sandwiches were such a big thing until I moved here. Like we had Subway and Quiznos back home in Lemoore, and that was it. Where are you from, Lemoore? Lemoore. Oh yeah, yeah. We the talked home about this. Home of uh, Kelly Slater's Wave Pool. Yeah, that was not there when I was growing up. <laughs> 
I'm going to be there on uh, the first weekend of September, September 8th. We got tickets for the uh, first WSL Wave event. That's not in a. It's a world tour event. It's not in the ocean. It's the first one since like the 80s. There's this weird one in like New Jersey that they did. And I wonder how that works with like manufactured waves. They're probably so consistent. It's extremely consistent. I'm excited to see how it works too. Just being a huge fan of professional surfing and geeking uh, out all the time watching I, the I heard that there he's starting to expand he's going to put in a couple more wave pools and open it up to the public which I think is really cool to the maybe 12 people who surf in Lemoore well I don't think he's really catering to the Lemoore crowd I know not I to know, break but, your heart on that one but yeah. I don't think he's like you know what I could really do I could capture the hearts of Lemoore yeah and that's really <laughs> going to are be you staying my, at the palace again my hundred million dollar uh, <laughs> wave machine pool. is all built yeah. based off of the lo- the locals of Lemoore do they allow fatties with inner tubes because that's yeah. all I want to do <laughs> uh, no so we tried to book a room at the casino and the WSL it's the World Surf League it's the right bodying league of the surf tour um booked the entire 200 rooms and we did it like before they even released tickets to go to the event back in like january when we knew it was a stop we tried to call and they're like sorry we're booked wait how why are we booked in september this must be a mistake and the lady's going like like typing she's like i don't understand it's like and they wouldn't tell us who it was but then they kind of were like wait is it all booked under the wsl she's like i can't legally tell you that but yes there is a definitely one person that has booked all these rooms so we're staying at the uh best western i'm trying to think of restaurants for you to go to you could stay at shane i'm not going to the restaurants i'm getting on a heater on that blackjack table after the contest (laughs) when i'm rip roaring drunk (laughs) that's that's the way and then (laughs) my wife literally has told me she's like because it's a bunch of my like dirtbag surf buddies we're all going and we bought a ticket for saturday describe your friends we're driving out friday and we're coming back sunday and we have a ticket for the whole saturday event and it's like she's like okay you wait there's a casino nearby she's like okay you are getting cash i'm gonna give you like an allotted amount, amount of cash yeah you cannot bring credit <laughs> cards you cannot bring your debit card you cannot bring i'm taking your wallet you're gonna have your id and a set amount of cash that <laughs> you can bring as with much you. fun as you can yeah, so here you go so <laughs> if you blow it all gone. the first day sorry sweetheart Oh, uh, she's giving you only for, well, you know what you do. For the whole trip. You bring a couple cases of beer Mm -hmm. and you sell it to your buddies. Yeah, right? Oh, you guys thirsty? Yeah. I lost all my money on the blackjack table. Here's a case of Libertine. So who's going to stake me for 50 bucks? (laughs) There is burgeoning craft beer in Lemoore. There's like two places now. Okay. Bird Street. So you're telling me I can get some sales opportunities while I'm there. Uh, Ah. More people to collaborate with. Okay. Um, I'm excited slash sad. My, uh, I know you don't have favorites, but my favorite server in slow, uh, Scott is quitting and he's from Lamore and he's moving back to Lamore. Yeah. I used to play water polo with him. He, oh, yeah. We, yeah. We, we've like grown up together. So he has, he's moving home, save up some bucks and then go back to school down in LA. I was going to ask you about that but like privately, but that's going fantastic. to be there back there. So we're going to go rage it up on the, uh, nice. Now the, you can, uh, the this is like rage. a real local. This yeah. is like the best story. Bossy yeah. boss. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, fuck it. Here's my some, true color. I have some great, I see some weird shit. Yeah. I have, have some great stories about Scott that I will boy? tell you off microphone. Perfect. And yeah. I know he won't listen to this, so he doesn't have yeah, to worry. Exactly. Yeah. So you're talking about collabs out there, but so this is a collab between you and High Street Deli. Yes. This is uh this is like it's a it's a Brett beer, so it's kind of got a little bit of funk, but it's mostly clean, huh? And it's with the sourdough that they normally use, or I mean like what's the specific sourdough that they use or that you used for this? 
Or I guess, what's the story? <laughs> Let's yeah. start with that. <laughs> so Brian Sourdough from San Luis. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I had an idea a while back. Um, I had seen a couple breweries do it. I want to say, um, oh, what's it called? I think it's like Minnesota or Michigan or whatever. Um, Jolly Pumpkin mm-hmm. did a beer where they added like a ton of bread to the mash. Yeah. And I'm going, what the hell are they doing? They post this picture. I'm going... So the wheels started turning. I started Googling stuff, looking up stuff and going, oh, okay. Um, so what they're doing is a thousand years ago or however many years ago, they would take like bread that was moldy and instead of throwing it away, oh. you know, you're in the dark ages, you're in a castle, you're not throwing anything away. Mm-hmm. They would add that to water and that was your mash. So you'd get fermentable sugars out of that bread because there's starches in there that you can now convert to sugars to then ferment to create beer. So uh, the new kind of way to do it is you add that to an existing mash. So like you're still using grain, but maybe two thirds of the fermentable sugars are from grain and the other third are from bread. So I really love the idea of like incorporating a local sourdough maker because sourdough is, you know, notoriously like kind of terroir driven too. Like there's San Francisco sourdough and it's all that kind of like wild yeast and like totally up the wheelhouse of what we do. So we went and uh, I called the best sandwich place in town, at least on our end of town. You know, I don't want to piss anybody off because I'm sure there's other sandwich <laughs> yeah. places. No, you're there. correct. You're 100% correct. There's you're going to that... dive all the way in with High Street? Yes. Yeah. Right. Chipotle I, I, mayo. I, that Literally those two words <laughs> make it for me. Honestly, I'm not I, even like a big sandwich guy and I love High Street. There's sandwiches. a lot of like, places that I like and definitely High Street's on top of the list. Yeah. Like the, you know, the, the, the other one I will seconds and thirds and fourths. The other one that I will throw in there that I like, and I think deserves respect is Gus's beyond those two. See, I don't even know where that is. I don't know where I don't, I don't eat sandwiches. I'm not a sandwich guy ah. at all. Like, it's not like I'm like, ew, and like throw a sandwich against the wall, but I'm just <laughs> I like, hate you sandwich. So, <laughs> so okay. To, for Gus's the slide tangent, say, say you were going like South on broad and instead of taking a right to go on high street, you take a left on like, um, is that the meat grinder one? No, 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 no that's no, no, on no, broad. No. That's it's next broad. to the train station. Yeah, Guess it's next, next to the train station. station. It's like a little mini market. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, I know where that is. Yeah. yeah. I think cool. it's on Santa Barbara or something. Yeah. The reason I'm doing not because they don't make great sandwiches like High Street does. But High Street's locally famous too, so it yes. helps with the branding. They're world branding. famous, okay? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, everything's world famous. Yeah. I was well, shocked when I realized my in-laws own Halama Burgers. The uh-huh. Llama Beach out there, the burger place, and their thing is like world famous Llama Burgers. Mm-hmm. And so years ago, I, I well, I still do. I was like, oh yeah, the Llama Burgers, like world famous. And like one time, somebody called me out, and they're like, wait, wait, why? Are, how are they world famous? I'm like, they say dude, so. they're mean world they're, famous. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, well, yeah, but like how? I'm like. Wait, there's no designation for world famous, okay? They're just goddamn yeah, like, world famous. It's like world's best <laughs> yeah. cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a you bullshit did it. Yeah. <laughs> Except in this case, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so that's why, like, I've never, I've never been to, like, I think that Lincoln Market's supposed to have good sandwiches, right? Oh yeah, yeah they have good, cool they have good sandwiches. I, know, I just, I don't eat sandwiches. Right. I, eat, I eat carne asada burritos, carne asada tacos, um, carne asada. Just carne asada. Yeah. Uh, I drink beer uh, and wine, um, and I go to Giuseppe's and Pismo. That's yeah. that's my uh, that's, that's my wheelhouse. So I'm guessing, based on what you were telling us about how this came to be, that you reached out to High Street to make this beer, correct? Yeah. So reached out to them, like, hey, got this idea. Um, I know you're a cool sandwich place. Um, I'd love to make a 
beer out of sourdough bread. I'm sure you know cool people. Maybe it'd be cool to make a sandwich with that bread as well and do like the whole thing to kind of, the guy's really nice. Name's Doobie. Super cool. You know, uh, his sandwiches are great. Like I said, I don't even like sandwiches and I'll like shred his sandwiches. The, the whatever number one is on the board. The, oh, oh the, like the turkey. Cali. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the oh, either roast man, beef. that is good. I'll eat that all day. My oh. go-to, I think is like the two or three of the Dutch punch. What is oh. that? It's a Dutch crunch with like turkey, avocado, bacon, chipotle mayo, like, Oh, so damn good. Sounds tasty. Um, but I like sandwiches. anyways, so yeah, this was a kind of a fun experiment that ended up turning out really cool. And uh, yeah, they're right down the street from us. Doobie's a rad dude. We were able to make something really unique. And once again, very Central Coast centric. And uh, now they have a Libertine sandwich uh, every Saturday that they do. And we have these cans there. Our beer's on draft there. It's the same beer until it's gone. And uh, yeah, it's fun. Sweet. And then yeah. the... Uh, Brian's Bakery was the, he said, is the best bakery in town. Took his word for it, and it ended up working out great. This stuff smells great. So we kind of discussed you you do with um, uh, Clairborne and Churchill. Yes. um, High Street, tons of other wineries, Heretic. I know there's the one with Faction. Like, you guys have done so many collaborations. Yeah. Who's usually the driving force behind that? Are you usually reaching out? Are people reaching out to you? Is it like a 50-50 trade? Uh, it really depends. At first it was hundred percent me, um, pulling a lot of favors from friends I'd met through the years with distribution and things. Um, I think that was always a kind of a, I had a couple good advantages, uh, from my background. Um, not so this is really answer your question, but I'm going to go on another little side note. Do it. Was, um, cause I mean, I get questions weekly on like, I'm starting a new brewery. What do I need to know? And it's, it's almost gotten like draining or like, but I think the <laughs> biggest one of like a few of the big things, and I can't tell anybody the right or wrong way to do anything because who knows if I'm even doing it right. I don't yeah. know. I can always tell you though, I'm, I'm an open book and I'll tell you exactly what I think and what I did and what I think's the right way. Who knows if it's the right way or not. But, um, I think one of the advantages of what I had to bring to the Libertine and to craft brewing and why we've been remotely successful is the fact that I wasn't just a guy that worked at the DMV and homebrewed and then thought I'm going to start a business and I'm going to brew craft beer and I'm going to set the world on fire. And right. I don't, I'm, I'm completely made that up. I'm sure somebody out there is like, wait, I work at the DMV and I'm making fun of me. I don't, I don't, I don't know who you are. I'm just <laughs> I'm making this up. But uh, I but, doubt anybody who works at the DMV is exciting enough to. They're right, crying. To they're crying while they drink their pineapple. You, you kind of know where I'm where I'm coming yeah. from. Here. Like, they, like they, let's they, say you own a couch store or something. Like, right? Yeah, you own a, <laughs> or yeah. work with foster kids. Yeah, <laughs> something stupid like that. <laughs> but I just I th- I had a great ten year run of working in the sales and distribution of craft beer. And macro, that's the other thing too. Like, I don't even know anything about Coors Light because those guys suck. And it's like, mm-hmm. really? Why wouldn't you learn like from Anheuser-Busch? Why wouldn't you learn from the largest brewery in the world? Like, yeah. they obviously know what they're doing. Like, I'm not saying that they do things correctly as far as, you know, like I said, we kind of touched on that. But the craft their, artists, their, yeah, but- their, their business practices and their marketing and their, you know, aggressive shelf space taking and things like that. But they know what the hell they're doing as far as making a product that sells and then marketing that to people. So, like, 
I learned from Miller Coors houses and I learned from Sierra Nevada. So I was in sales meetings every single week and every week we would have a new distributor or a new brewery, whether it was Miller Coors or it was Sierra Nevada or new Belgium or Lagunitas or whatever, telling me all their secrets of how they sold beer and how they're marketing it and what they want and what kind of shelf space they want and why they're packaging in this package and why they made their Sam Adams made their six pack holder higher because it blocks light out and mm-hmm. why they use Brown. I mean, just, it was like going to college, but I went to beer college <laughs> Yeah, and then well, I learned all sense. that sales stuff. And then I also went and was like, man, Jamil at heretic's really cool. I want to be that guy's friend and we hit it <laughs> off and now we're really good friends. And so now when I go like, Hey, I remember when I did our first, uh, Berliner Weiss, I was like, I read about this. I read all the books, whatever, but, uh, I'll go ahead and call Jamil on this. Actually, you know, it's funny. It's oh. a little side story. The first time I decided to do the Stein brewing with the lava rocks, right. I called him. I remember I was driving from, uh, a Tascadero. I don't know what the hell I was doing there, but I was driving Tascadero back to my house. We live. I was living in Grover. Trying on the 101 and I called him and talking to him. I'm like, yeah, you know, I got this idea to like do a Berliner Weiss, but do like, what do you think about like stones, like lava rocks, like Stein brewing? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to add some lava rocks to it, like Stein brewing. He's like, and you're going to commercially do that? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he's like, that's the dumbest. I mean, he just told me I was like a total idiot. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know I'm a total idiot, well, but like, is, it, into it, is so. it possible? <laughs> like, and, I, yeah. and he pretty much just told me like, nope, don't do it. But he's like, if you're going to do it, you know, hey. Do dude, it like this. Do it like this. You know, hey, you know, purge this and do that and kind of. And so I was what like, you like, okay. you kind of saw Jamil and you're like, I like this guy. You tracked him down. You kind of stalked him at a oh, festival no, or two. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> like that. You know, it was more that just like he would come to like sales meetings uh, uh, for when like the distributor I worked for like pulled, put you know, brought in heretic when he first yeah. started. So he'd be there and it was just, you know, him and his wife and they would show up and be like, Hey, please sell our beer. And I'm like, Oh, this You're guy's like, he's be funny. My friend. Dude. Yeah. So I'm like sitting there at the sales meeting and like, you know, well, they're never going to listen. So all the other sales guys at this distributor I work for locally, right. were a bunch of like old wiener bags. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just like, <laughs> so it's like me, not that I'm some super cool young hip dude. Like I'm a total nerd weirdo, but at but least the sexiest it, brewer alive. I'm the handsomest oh, guy in the world. Extremely good looking. But it's like it, it, after, after a sales meeting, it's like, okay, Hey, now we're going to, you know, crack open a heretic beer so the sales team can try it. Do you want to stand by the water cooler and drink a beer with, uh, some dude with like Elvis chops that's yeah. like 75 years old and just wants to get home so he can, you know, play online poker. Or do you want to go talk with the guy <laughs> that's like super excited to talk to you and ask you a bunch of questions? Like, he's like, I deal with that guy all the time. So I'll take, I'll hang yeah, out with the so, old man. You know, I, <laughs> I don't know. So I had that advantage of like being able to like, I guess the curiosity, pick the brains kinda, and then yeah. become friends. And I'm not saying I'm friends with every brewery rep or brewer that would come through the door, but. You're yeah. personable. I, mean, like you're, you're like, very I don't want to say I'm personable, but certain I people I knock off with. So, uh, Jamil like, from Heretic. You're in the yeah. garage of a 25 year old doing a podcast. You're pretty personable. I mean, I'm great. It's yeah. kind of like us. Yeah. I've really you hit here, the big you know? leagues here. <laughs> if, if you're passionate about it and you want to talk about it, people will want to talk to you. Exactly. But that's part of being you know, personable. Ryan from Coronado is always really cool. And I've asked him for a lot of, you know, questions and knowledge and, you know, there's certain people that out there that have been really neat. Uh, Jim, actually Jim Crooks from, Firestone when he was still mm-hmm. uh their lab guy before Barrel Works even started, he would he was living in uh Cayucas. And when we had Moro Bay, I was still like I was the only employee for the first year. So I was bartending, brewing, ordering, doing everything. And seven days a week, 
bartending from open to close and doing all the stuff. So he would come in and we would, we would literally discuss like sour brewing and processes and all this stuff in here. And like I said, that was before barrel works was even a thing and stuff. And here I am like, how lucky was I and how like just accidental that Jim Crooks, the guy right is literally did you lives a town away and the only craft brewery for 30 miles is ours and he'd come in and just start talking to me about stuff and did you sour brew as a home brewer i mean obviously no our first assume you went first ever spontaneous beer was your very first was liberating yeah it was more of an experiment in are these wild cultures going in this area is the air going to create something right it was uh you know, I'm going to build cool ships and do all this. Like, okay, well, is this even going to work? And Have you so, gone out and cultivated yeast, like found weird strains here and there? I personally haven't. Um, I, another one of my theories in business and in uh, brewing and everything is just hire people smarter than you. Yeah, absolutely. Which for me is extremely easy because I'm mm-hmm. a complete idiot. So anyone smarter than me. But, uh, <laughs> but not better looking than you. Not better looking though. But definitely smarter. Uh, but uh so yeah, we've had people in the past. Uh, Spencer One is a scientist at Cal Poly, and he's uh, he actually has his own cider. I don't remember the name of the cider house, but he has a cider house he started now, and doesn't work for us anymore. But at the time, he cultured a bunch of stuff and experimented with things from flowers. And we've had uh, the old lab guy at Stone, who then went to who's he with now? Modern Times. I think he just went somewhere else then, but he was up here and and did swabs and plated stuff out, but. Right. For me, that stuff's all great, and, like, it's cool. Like, when he swabbed that, uh, even Jim from Firestone's done a lot of help with us with just, like, hey, what is this? Or, hey, you know, what is the ABV on this? Can you help me out here? <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, I got a lot of weird stuff in here. Give me <laughs> give me, give me, me a hand. Um, like I said, I've got – I've been blessed with a lot of really cool, very, very smart people in the industry that have helped us out and, you know, 100% um, credits all that. Is there anybody that you still have on your list of people you want to work with? Like, obviously, there's tons and tons of people out there who are doing fantastic work. But if if you had to choose, like, a list of two or three people that you would want to, if you could do a collaboration with them or, like, that's the next one you do, who would it be? Oh, man. Putting me on the spot. I haven't really thought about it. Uh, it's been – well, we've worked with so many great – I've, I've always wanted to work – speaking, we were just talking about Jim, but I'd love to work with Jim on a beer. I think that would be fun. Um that's something that, especially since he was literally like from day one coming in and drinking beer and mm-hmm. chatting things and telling me the story of like, yeah, David Walker came in yesterday and like tried to throw my, I'm sure you guys all know the story of barrel works and how Adam Firestone tried to like throw away the barrels that he'd been souring yeah. and stuff. And yeah, like, yeah. Cause I had <laughs> went up there um, and the, the room before he tried to throw them out and David Walker had been like, okay, we're going to do this other thing. Like, Actually, I remember going there and it was behind. It's, I mean, it's completely different now, but there was a little room. It didn't even have lights. He couldn't even turn the lights on. He had like a flashlight yeah. and he had all these barrels awesome. in there and he's like pulling <laughs> samples out and stuff. But so anyways, it'd be really cool to do something with them just kind of as a full circle. Like I feel like obviously there he's a genius and incredible brewer and sourer and lab guy. Um, but I feel like we kind of like were did a lot of stuff similarly and, and kind of like in the beginning stages we're kind of like in the trenches together with stuff which was kind of cool and uh we still hang out and not like we're like not friends anymore or anything but obviously we're both very busy and <laughs> things yeah, have gotten awesome. a little crazy in the last few years so it'd be fun to kind of go back and do something with him um 
larger scale stuff. I So a lot of the collaborations too were kind of based off more as well as like, I always thought of collaborations as a learning experience. It wasn't more like a lot of people go like, oh, well, I just want to go just drink beer and dick off. You know what I mean? No, yeah, like that's that yeah. we'll just collaborate, which really means you just show up and you just sit there and drink beer and have fun, which a lot of times they do end up being. I always try to go, especially the first few years was like, well, okay, well, how, how do does do this? this? I mean, we did a, we did a collaboration with New Belgium Brewing. You want to talk about a mind yeah, screw? That's a like that's a whole new literally level. going and hanging out with Lauren Salazar for three days and like brewing beer there and chasing her through a food forest and I mean that was like trial by fire. Like you want to learn everything you want to do as soon as fast as possible mm-hmm. and just like please don't forget all this and like yeah. you know like trying to write notes and like without being too like yeah your buddy li- this is cool like so write that down Sean write that down yeah you're literally like taking <laughs> yeah. mental pictures of yeah. everything yeah. as you want uh, oh like, that's how you hook a hose oh my god yeah no I seriously know you could do yeah, a tri-clamp exactly. like that like that's incredible <laughs> so yeah. I've really used it as a learning tool um, recently it's been fun more to take a step back and and like I said Steven and I had brewers does an amazing job and that guy's killer and super smart and he's been able to do a lot of the the hands on that and I, I I wish I could be more in the trenches with him doing stuff um but yeah I don't know there's not really anybody like Sante we've been on that'd and be, off trying to figure out a uh, awesome. collaboration with where um there's a local uh guy that grows grain and is malting it himself up in Mm -hmm. San Miguel, which would be the first local grain and malting thing, I think, ever in our area. Um, And so we had the idea to work with them on something. It's kind of just been scheduling conflicts and stuff. So it'd be fun to nail that down and do something with them. I've really looked up to them for years. So I remember one time, I'm going to call you out a little bit here. Uh Uh-oh. One time uh, at a QA, and a you said, uh, local doesn't mean it's going to be good. Yeah. So how do you find, how do you fight your way around that? Because so, you know, you want to do local stuff with this guy. You sure. want to do the best slow beer there is, you know, you want to stay as local as you can. Absolutely. It sounds like, but at the same time, you're trying to fight, you know, QA at the same. So my thinking on it is whenever possible, use what you have on hand to create something. I love the idea. I love, I do woodworking at home building fun stuff and i've shaped surfboards myself i I love like making stuff with my hands i Mm -hmm. love that and same with beer like how can we just take technology out of it and create something right here with what we have and see how great we can make it like but i never want to sacrifice the quality of the product so that's the thing so like we've been able to find now obviously water water's water it's local um grain we have we just recently started working with this guy um where it was like okay this grain's pretty good do you do a implementing it a test and see how it plays out yeah we've been working with this guy for almost four years now does he get a check a lab or is how how you know that it's good grain to use or uh so he sends it to Mm -hmm. a lab gives us all the reports on everything which half the reports i don't even know what they mean i'm kind of like okay well is it going to work or not you know yeah yeah uh cool uh those numbers look look, uh like what i would normally use uh (laughs) those numbers look like numbers yeah those are cool numbers Uh, oh 4.29 speaking of jim really quick to take another side note uh jim could not believe that i didn't own a microscope at our brewery and like lost his shit and was like, okay, no. And gave me a microscope, which, which hopefully Firestone is listening. It was a broken one. The light didn't work. I had to buy the light for it. But like, okay. it's like, no, no, you have to have a microscope. I go, 
why? Why do I need a microscope? Well, because his, his, his way of brewing and my own brewing are completely different. We have yeah. the same like ultimate goal of creating cool, weird, natural, fun Central Coast beers. But his thing is like, I'm going to like plate this out and culture this and do that yeah. and like add it at this time, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm going to use what's here right now. I'm going to just and see what happens. <laughs> let's see what happens. And then we can use blending and we can do this and we can do that. And we can create something really neat and spontaneous and awesome out of that. Mm-hmm. Like I try to control as much as I can without it being like, and like I said, he makes world-class beer. I'm not, I'm not saying like there's a right or wrong way to do anything. It's just different theories of, of, of brewing and, and, and of what we're making. But so he actually gave me the, uh, the, uh, our first microscope and it's still sitting in the same place. It's slow, just now just the lenses are dusty, dusted and, yeah. Well, it's like it just it, for us that doesn't it doesn't help us it doesn't hurt us but it's there's we're not pitching any yeast we're not plating things out to see what the cell count is we're not does that make sense like yeah, there's no so you there's guys no don't addition. inoculate anything so you throw it in that big the big sexy room so which wait, is a big red room that they have lit with lights and it's beautiful. It's our cool ship room. Cool ship. Yeah. You and guys keep talking. I'm going to go grab something from the fridge cuz I want to You guys don't Can we just take a Can I go pee? No. I really got to go pee. You, you guys want you guys want to take a break? All right, let's take a break. All right, we're going to take a quick break <laughs> and be right back. And we're back. And we're back. I peed. He peed. <laughs> he peed. I got so beer good. out of the fridge. And I beer being the hedonist, the uh, pre-mentioned collaboration with Heretic Brewing. Yes, sir. Clink, clink, or clinking? Clink. We're gonna clink. Right. So the clinking did not happen. Back to the sexy room. Local. Yeah, the cool if shit. If it's local, uh, doesn't mean it's good. And what was the other thing? I, I think was talking, we're talking about, about microscopes, inoculating and, yeast or not? And do we inoculate? Yes. Okay. So starting with the inoculating thing, depending on what we're making, every so every, let me go. I'm just gonna go through the process really quick. Um, All right. It's the abridged version. We brew a beer just like every other brewery pretty much in the world. Everybody's got their own processes, but for the most part, we brew a beer exactly the same way. We steep grain in hot water. We transfer that hot sugary water to a kettle where we boil it and we add hops. And then from there is where it changes. Then Mm. from there, normally a brewery goes through a heat exchanger, which chills it to their desired temperature and goes straight into a sealed stainless tank but then they immediately pitch a fresh, very active cultured yeast into at the exact same cell counts and everything that's calculated. Let it sit for three weeks and package it. You got beer. Where ours starts is when you go out of that kettle from boiling, instead of going into a sealed tank, we go into an open stainless steel tank with wooden ceilings, glass windows that the public can come look at it. And red lights. And red lights. Uh, That's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let it sit there in the open and let the natural air around us and whatever's been built up and seasoned, we call it seasoning the brew room, has done. And so that's what starts fermentation process. Now, there's multiple different ways that we do as well. So there's our 100% spontaneous, absolute, just... We are not adding anything. We're not touching it. Um, even then, um, there's certain breweries, specifically some Belgian breweries from the Lambic region that will say we're not doing spontaneous because we're not 
steaming our barrels and scraping out every little thing so there might oh. be residual in our barrels. Yeah. Um, so they'll say that's not real spontaneous. Real spontaneous is just what happens, that magic in the cool ship. Right. Uh, that's pretty fucking spontaneous. That's where most of the fermentation is going to happen anyways. You know, it's all up for interpretation, and they've got thousands of years of, and or at least hundreds of years of uh, brewing tradition behind them, and I have six, so I'm going right. to let them yeah. have... <laughs> let them decide what's they're deciding. I, I saw Pierre they're dead from... And you're alive. Yeah, Pierre <laughs> from Goose Tiliquin light up a uh, another American brewery that does what we thought were spontaneous beers. Mm. And evidently, according to him, it weren't. Um, and I just kind of like hunkered down to my chair and pretended I didn't know what was just happening. Just kind of did one yeah. of these, put your hat over your yeah, face yeah. a little oh, more. okay. <laughs> uh, Hope you don't see me here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because, and not because he wasn't using a cool ship and not because he wasn't pitching, but because his regimen of cleaning his used oak barrels wasn't what he thought would be the right way. But see, that's part of the fun of having a used barrel. Well, I, for me, I like seasoning the brew house for seasoning barrels. We're, we're creating, we're creating something unique to us. And I, I always look for inspiration from clean breweries, from Canteon, Goose Toy, all, all these ones. I, I try to take all that, and then make it our own. So we're not trying to people. You're not trying to make the same. Oh, this frambois doesn't taste like uh, Hansen's uh, frambois. And you're mm-hmm. like, because we're not trying to make Hansen's frambois. We're trying to make Libertine frambois. We're trying to make San Luis frambois. That's what we're trying to make. And this is what's here. And these are the raspberries we're going to use. And this is doing. We're not a big tirade, but to answer your story, some <laughs> of our beers, other than not, we do 180 degree rinse our barrels after use every time, but we're not. Literally, like, but 180 that kills everything, doesn't it? 180 degrees, everything. But, like I said, there's different definitions. So, in my mind, that's 100% spontaneous. That that's about as hardcore as we get. We also do on our like our Saison, our Goza, and a few other beers. We actually top crop off that cool ship once it starts to croisen a day or two in from just what's in the air. Mm -hmm. We'll top crop, which means we're scooping the foamy, most active yeast off the top of the beer. Uh, in that room and we will actually throw that into a keg and have that so that when okay. we do our saison you can then we'll let it sit overnight that. then we throw that in there and then we transfer that still same process goes into a punch same in. same yeast just same more yeast, active just a more active more concentrated thing right so um everything's still cool shipped everything's still primaried in french oak punchins uh for eight months to two or three years it's just a matter of, of that. So there's, 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 I'm never a, this is our process. This is the only way I want to yeah. make the best beer possible. So there That's is, all it is, I mean, you're not separating yeast strains and having a house blend and all this stuff. We don't have a, and we have a microscope. It's got, it's got dust on yeah, the lens. It's got Jim Crook's <laughs> dust on it. Um, but a fixed light. Yeah. You should just make well, it no a little light. trophy. So we have no to light. use a flashlight underneath it, but I was like, that's too much work. I don't know. <laughs> um, so we'll just top crop throw it in a uh, Cornelius keg, let it sit. And the next time we do our Saison, we'll squirt it on the top of it after sitting overnight. So you're still getting wild inoculates. You're just getting fresh. Wild it pretty inoculates. much just speeds it up from being a two year process to maybe eight months. You know, it's still the same wild bacteria. It's still the same process. We're just helping it along yeah. on its road um, so that we can get different flavor profiles and a, at a quicker turnaround, which any brewery that, makes a beer in eight months will tell you that's the longest beer they've ever made in their life and they lost a bunch of money on it. Right. That's our fastest beer. <laughs> yeah. So back to the just because it's local thing, that, that always drives me nuts when people 
there's so many good options now it's and even so many tables, good, man. good options locally that why would you drink something that was not good or and kind of going back i think i talked about this a little earlier was like there's no such thing as a bad beer there's just beers that i like better than others you know yeah, yeah, okay. i'm sure people hate sour beers and they think oh my god like realistically if you're talking about oh a spoiled beer like that's all we're doing is purposely spoiling a beer but trying to create flavor profiles that we enjoy and that some people associate with going back to say that that is better or more difficult or uh more nuanced than a bud light that's super clean and super there's not they're just different beers rolling rock they purposely put in green bottles so it tastes skunky. Some mm-hmm. people like that flavor. Right. Some people like buttered popcorn in their beer, and they think <laughs> diacetyl bombs are, are good. Awesome. And they're like, oh, this is, oh, I actually finally like a craft beer. And you're like, no, that's terrible. Why am I going to tell that person that's terrible? I think it's terrible. But at the end of the day. So the other thing, too, is like quality is number one. So there's a difference between quality and local and all those things. So if I know that the beer is well-crafted, They've put time and effort and do it. And if they're purposely trying to make their beer taste like diacetyl and that's what they want and people like it, I'm not going to say that's a badly crafted beer. Maybe that's what they're trying to shoot for. I don't know. But there's... uh, I've seen guys who purposely light struck their beer to get that skunkiness from like a Heineken style beer. So taste is subjective, quality is not. And that's my whole thing. So you could have the worst pal in the world and be like, well, I still, and who's to say you have the worst pal? Who's to say that I have the best pal in the world? I don't Mm -hmm. know. We all have our own palates. Everybody likes certain things, but quality doesn't change. Like there's certain things that each brewery should or could be doing. And depending on what they're making or whatever, that they would check a box for the quality part. So that's not, so when you, when you think like, yes, hundred percent, you should always look, what's my local option? What's my local guy? Uh, are they making a good product that's quality driven that I enjoy? Mm-hmm. Then why are you buying? Cause it's not, there's not really even a big price difference anymore. It used to be, Oh my God, fat tire. It's $12 yeah, a six pack and Coors light is $2 a six pack. It's not really like that anymore. Yeah. You can still get a, a, a cube of Coors light at Walmart for 20 bucks, but you can also get a good, quality 12 pack of beer for the same uh, for a Sierra Nevada as you can for a Central Coast Brewing or whatever you know what I mean so I'm always looking at okay how do I I want to support the people that I know that are in this community the money's coming back to this community and they're making good product and I want to support that to help them help their employees grow you know Mm -hmm. so that's I just I guess it bugs me when I'm not going to say names and I'm not going to say there's any there maybe there's not even any in this area maybe we all have great brewers i don't know i'm not gonna say that we do but let's just say you're in a, in a neighborhood or in a s- small town and there's a brewery that's a local brewery and you go there and you buy the beer nobody likes the beer yeah you go there because you're just like well the owner's it's really local nice and they're cool or <laughs> yeah. i really like playing cornhole or yeah. there was a neat band i liked it's like okay yeah but are you helping the industry is that good for the industry because what happens is and just like i was talking about earlier too with like we have people coming also i don't like sour beer but then they come in they're like oh wow i really like your beer and it's like well that is just because but i didn't i don't like sour beer and it's like well you maybe you do like wild spontaneous fun different beers with acid levels or ph low but you just had crappy versions of it so do you feel like there's some breweries that might do well 
but aren't really doing a lot for the industry. Um, so what's good for the goose is not always good for the gander or whatever. Say that again. <laughs> you know, like some breweries that might be doing well for themselves. Right. But not necessarily doing well for the industry in the whole. Or, I'm, or never, even, I'm never going to say anybody that's not doing well financially, if you're making something that people keep coming and buying and giving you money, mm-hmm. go for it. I don't. If you're giving them the beer that I can't even stomach, whatever, if you're making a living, you're happy and you're bringing joy to other people and they're willing to spend their money mm-hmm. on that on their own, more power to you. I guess I don't like it when it's like, yeah, I keep going to this place and beer's terrible, but that guy's so nice. And uh-huh. like, you know, they got the cornhole and it's like, okay, well, it's been like three years now and you guys just telling him that the beer, or that, that you like the beer and then you walk away and then you just talk crap about it. Well, you keep showing up. You keep showing up just is just feeding into like this. I keep saying guy could be a girl, whoever not this person inability to not, perfect their beer. Like, like be subjective to, you know, be vocal. They don't be a jerk. Like, Oh, this is terrible. But sometimes people need like you put your dollar, put your money where your mouth is. That's the whole thing with like the whole wall. Oh, I hate Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Walmart yeah, you came go there they every shut, Saturday. They shut our plate. You know, they should, there's no more, you know, pet shops because Walmart's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, where, where'd you buy your toilet paper? Well, of course I go to Walmart. It's like, well, because <laughs> there's nowhere else anymore. It's like, well, there, 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 was, there was a start to that. Like, there's a way to fix that. And look, I go to Costco. My wife shops at Target. Like, I'm not saying I'm I'm a, I've only do artisan guy handcrafted toilet <laughs> paper from oak trees from Paso Robles. But I think we need to all be realistic about where we spend our money and who we're supporting. So like the guy that is making world-class beer down the street, go buy that beer and then go tell your friends how great that beer is. Mm -hmm. Don't go because everybody else likes to go to the place that's got board game night and uh, the beer is not drinkable and you go out to your car and chug a (laughs) Pivo in the parking lot because you can't... and that's actually literally <laughs> happened before where I've like I've, I've, I've been that guy and I'm like I really want to hang out with my buddies and everybody likes the place because the ambiance I'm going to go chug a pivo and be right back you know, Jesus Christ I can't drink this because you're not you're not helping yourself you're not helping the industry and then when somebody goes in there that is a blue moon drinker and goes well I'll try this other craft beer or a Coors Light drinker or a mm-hmm. Rolling Walker and like try this craft and they go in there and it's this horribly crafted terrible version of what we're supposed to do then they go just like the guy that tried a sour beer from a brewery that maybe makes world-class IPAs, but just wanted to make a sour beer to make it. And they didn't do a good job. And it's just a acid, disgusting vinegar bomb. And they're like, I don't like sour beers now. And it's like, well that you just turned off somebody that could be now my yeah, customer. So who could have been a, a great customer. That's my big soapbox on that, I guess. I, so I, get, like, I see where you're yeah. coming from on that. It makes perfect sense. You know, uh, like that, back back to what you were saying about just because it's local doesn't mean it's good. There, I was there, thinking more. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat rotten tomatoes just because I got them at the farmer's market. Yeah. Like that's not good. Like I, you eat things that you want to eat. You drink things you want to drink. I don't go to some wineries in this area because I don't like their wine. I go to yeah. the ones that are good. The Claiborne Churchills, the Chamisols. You know, I, I go to those places because they make world-class wine. I love what they're doing. I love the people behind it. I want to support it. So I was thinking more like... In, Why would we do that with beer? In your yeah. process of selecting ingredients locally, it's more just trial and error than for you. You you have to try it before you so know yeah, whether it's good or not. So yeah, going back to the uh, using things, 
I'm not going to use something just because it's local if it's going to uh, bring the integrity of our product down. So I'm not going to, you know, there's a few different places that grow hops around here that commercially grow them and try to sell them. We've, we've used them in certain things, but we've never made that leap to like, okay, we're going to do this and this is what we're going to do because I personally don't think the level is where it should be. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say, hey, we're going to use exclusive locally grown hops in our beer year round until They're the level of, yeah. and quality of those hops are there. Now we might experiment and do a one-off cask or, you know, a one-off batch of beer. And if it's not good, we won't release that beer. Or maybe we can use that in a blend for something or whatever. Well, what's nice is that way you can say, hey, we want to work with you when right. you're ready to work with us. And that's what us. we did with the grain guy. So the so grain guy fucking came in. get your shit right. <laughs> he was a guy, uh, retired, I want to say colonel, something in the Navy. He was a big, big shot. Yeah, if he was guy. a colonel, I think he'd be doing corn. Uh, yeah. Hey-o. Sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> Puns. He's they, got They them. don't always land. And he, <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> More uh, like the crowd goes mild. Yeah. Hey-o. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, See, it, we weren't good enough to get you off. It's your... bad. It's bad. <laughs> um, so he came in three, four years ago and he retired and he bought a ranch in San Miguel and he was a, you know, lifelong uh, military guy, and he decided he was going to grow grain, malt it himself for brewers, and start doing heirloom things that haven't been grown here since the 20s for bread and stuff. And he just, this guy walks in, he's got his polo shirt tucked in, you know, pants above the, right. the belly button, the whole thing. Um, I'm, man, you know, what? sitting there probably half drunk at two o'clock in the afternoon at my desk typing some email i'm like who's this guy <laughs> yeah cool bro yeah you're gonna do some <laughs> the original hipster and, like so do you drink craft beer no not really have you ever farmed before no <laughs> uh what do you know what do you know about you know malting, malting and all. i've just been doing some research and i'm just youtube going, videos <laughs> so uh, was I'm he not, working at the dmv before this no he was a military guy he was a colonel or whatever in the no military. i know i know i <laughs> And, and I go, okay, uh, bring me something to use. And, you know, look, this is right up my alley. The first local grown grain and malting company in Central Coast. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I couldn't dream of a cooler, perfect symbiotic relationship. But <laughs> good luck, you know. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear from him. I actually lost his contact. I was going to try to email him. I couldn't even find his, his contact info. About a year later, boom, guy pops up. He's got uh, Ziploc bags full of uh, like you know whatever it would be a two pound little things of like rye and da 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 yeah. and two row and wheat and all and I'm going what is this he goes oh yeah I grew a little bit in my yard so he had the essentials hand, hand malted it oh I go okay cool um, I go we use rye in a lot of stuff blah 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 I'll try it so we did a, a homebrew batch with it and it was okay and there's a couple things off here and there. I don't know number wise, but I just know when I use something, yeah, I, and I can kind of tell. Okay, this is this is what's wrong with this. This really, I can't tell you what the, was the efficiency there. Or efficiency different? wasn't there. It wasn't cleaned right. There was you know some a bunch of different things, but it was a start. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, I didn't hurt this guy in a year. I thought he was he <laughs> tried to plant something and yeah. go, okay, this is dumb. I'm just gonna go into retirement. <laughs> yeah, and just Why enjoy retirement. This? I yeah. can just play golf all day. Yeah. And so we use it, and uh, I still hadn't found his content. So a couple months later, he emails me. I'm like, God, thank God. <laughs> okay. Hey, here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. And didn't hear from him. 
about a year later, boom, comes back. He's like, Hey, I got uh, like thousand pounds or whatever it was. He's like, of uh, two row and rye. And I'm like, sure. All right, let's do it. We'll try this time. Yeah. Worked pretty good. Gave him my notes was on it. A homebrew bag this year. Or? No, this was like, uh, he, he tried to it. bring hundred pound bags in. Oh, I'm going, Jesus. what the hell am I going to do with a hundred? Yeah. I can't pick up a hundred pound <laughs> yeah. bag of grain. It's like, well, that's the only place that, that fills bags. There's a place in San Miguel or in, uh, is it in Templeton? Temp- is it Templeton? Yeah, yeah. that fills the, the bags or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, they fill hundred. And I'm like, I that's great, but you're gonna have to figure something out. I can't <laughs> I can't do that. Like so we talked for a while. And so now he brings them and they're like stapled, like literally just like hands. Oh, hell yeah, the dude. Top thing. Like, <laughs> he's a, he's so a problem solver. I like he's this guy. Ama- like it went from me like laughing, like, who's this square nerd military dude? I'm like I love the military. I love the armed forces. I love, you know, the, the, but I'm, that's just not, you I'm know, not built for that. I'm a libertine. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. a, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't fit any of those categories. You know, I, if somebody tells me to shave, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to screw up my face out beard. I don't like a beard. I'm going to fucking beard. Screw you. Don't right, tell me right. what to do. <laughs> uh, and so that I, I don't, but that, so this guy is, I mean, and, and it's a testament to how rad our military people are and stuff is like, he literally, if anyone was going to pull this off with no experience, it's going to be a colonel in the Navy. You know what I mean? Like anyone else would have just quit years ago. And he's, and it's come to the point now where we're almost exclusively using his grain in all of our beers. No shit. Yeah. It's incredible. It's super cool. So you're, so he's basically growing only for you guys too, because I'm sure only for us. Um, and I've been telling him like, go to central coast brewing, go to to barrel works, go to like, he's like, Nope, I want to use you guys. You're my test. Like, you were the only ones because I guess he went to other people and everybody else told him like, is it a competitive off. price or? It's competitive price. It's a little more, but that that doesn't matter to me. That, the you, pricing doesn't slow. matter. At all. It's it's it's. I will build that into our price yeah. and our product. That's that's not a that's not a even remotely an issue. But the it's, story is more valuable. The than story the cost. and if you're gonna make me something that's that's compatible to what I can get on the open market. Mm-hmm quality wise but it's grown right here i can tell that story to our consumer and i can build that into our price and you're supporting your neighbor and we're supporting and it's it's i'm totally down with that so it's not even a matter of yeah i mean if the guy's charging me 12 dollars a pound and i'm paying 30 cents a pound yeah then we've got an issue but if it's even remotely comparable to it which it is uh totally i mean i think we're almost paying double but we could do that. Like, it's okay. You yeah, know, like you that, ex- that works because I know if I'm paying double now, when you're making a year from beers, now, it's... when he's able to grow it into it, we can do that. And then he can lower it or whatever. You know, you have to, I'm all about giving the chance, especially somebody that's like passionate. It's going to spend three or four years just trying to make me grain that I want to actually Plus, use you can in a beer. Then probably put in a request and say, Hey, I want it to be, you know, a little more kilned or. Well, that's or that, what we've been doing. You know? So like rye, we use rye and oats in every single one of our beers. Mm-hmm. Every single one of our beers, regardless of what it is, that's kind of like our like house flavor thing. Okay. No matter what it is, there's a little bit of rye, a little bit of oats, and a little bit of wheat, wheat too. Um, just because we found that over the years, especially with like Brett beers and stuff, they they dry out so fast that if you don't have those things in, this is a little tip for the guy getting into the sour world or home brewer or commercial brewer trying to do it. Throw some wheat, throw some oats, throw, well, the rye doesn't really matter. Rye is more just our house flavor but thing. the oats and the wheat like if you don't have oats in there it's that and you've had them before these breweries that try to do a sour on the side i never and it just tastes like water and it's just yeah. so thin and there's no body 
because you can't make these beers because it just keeps eating and going, going, going. And you get these just watery. I've seen those before. Yeah. I've tasted those before. It's, it's yeah. all in the oats, bruh. It is. I, that makes a lot of sense, man. I like that. Yeah. You're welcome. Especially <laughs> when you're sitting protein. there in a barrel for 16 months or whatever. Yeah. So um, I also want to talk to you a little bit about the... You're you're going international a little bit. I, I noticed uh, world 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 famous. Yeah, <laughs> world famous. Well, world famous liberty. What was company. what was the exact name of it? Because I know I saw it on the Instagram of you went to Italy. Yeah, and that was the what, what was the exact name of that that get the together? Arrogant Sourfest. Thank you. I knew arrogant was in it, or I felt um, not affiliated with Stone. No. This isn't a wonder that. Why is it arrogant? I don't know. Just and then, fun, huh? uh, as was posted today, uh, I don't know if you're going to Quebec or yeah, yeah you're going to Quebec, and it's just like, how are these opportunities coming about? Are, are these have these been around for a while? And I'm just getting, uh, I just now seeing them or, or yes and no. Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was. I, it can be a follow up. Go ahead. I guess so. Kind of just feel like if you just if you're passionate about what you do and you make a good product cool things happen you know and that's right. that's the bottom line the whole like oh you're lucky or this or that's like no you just work hard and you make cool stuff and people will eventually appreciate it and uh i think that's kind of all the success i could think of is just from that um so like the italy thing totally this is gonna sound like a total bragger and i made it up and i'll show you the email after <laughs> this it was one of the most surreal humbling like like tear up moments in my life wow so, uh, I got an email from a guy in Italy and it's like broken English and it's like, Hey, uh, my name's Ollie. My brother went by your brewery a couple of years ago in Morro Bay. So at first we like, wait a minute, what scam is this? Yeah. No, this, <laughs> so, and, um, he really liked your beers and we throw a, a sour festival in Italy every year. We own the arrogant pub and, um, uh, we only invite for American breweries and uh we asked Jean from Cantillon I swear this is true you guys are looking at me no like I will shit. show you the email. I, I believe John you. from Cantillon who we should invite and he had mentioned you as someone that he really wanted to have out at the fest. Wow. I'm like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, who was it? How who much? was it? Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, got me good. All you have to do is send us your bank details. Yeah, I'm, I'm showing my wife. I'm going okay. Who, who is the jokester trying to get me right now? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, all right, this has got to be fake. This has got like, oh yeah. Jean from Cantillon really mm-hmm. wants me to come to a festival in Italy. Yeah. Oh girl. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> who, <laughs> Steven, was it Sean? Who was, who, who, one of my friends playing a joke on me? Right. So right back, I'm like, well, it sounds cool, but like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, well, we're going to buy, um, the beer from you. We'll pay for your hotel room. You just got to fly out here. And I'm Jesus, going, man. Okay, and so um, we'll give you a blowjob every yeah. night. Long story short, uh, my wife and I flew out there. They ended up getting um, an additional pallet of beer because, like, wait, you have more bottles available? Can we? Because they have a store at the festival. Cool. And ended up buying like two pallets of beer. Cool. Uh, we got to go out there for a week. It was the most receptive, like market. Like everyone was super cool. We only it was, so it was us, Black Project, Jester King, Ale Apothecary. Degard, uh, Funk Factory, Guzzeria, and us. This is like that is that is an impressive line of Italy, basically. How did you find out it wasn't a joke? A bunch of Belgian. Well, because I kind of wrote them like, okay, yeah, so like, 
Was it the fact that they wanted to buy your beer? Well, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's cool. What was and that then, like initial feeling like when you realized like, holy shit, like this is actually legit. Oh, and- you know what? Like, so I even up, almost up to going thought it was fake. And I went to I, uh, my my wife's uncle and cousins. I've only been married to her for, you know, 13 years and mm-hmm. together for like 15. They go on a fishing trip in Texas every year. They finally invited me after like 15 years. So I, think oh. they, I don't think they've accepted me. They just kind of went like, well... He's not going anywhere. We might as well invite him. Stuck with him. <laughs> so we swung by Jester King, and I was talking to Jeffrey, the owner of Jester King, uh, on the way back because we we're flying out of Austin, and we're hanging out. And so I'm like, "Hey, have you been to the Arrogant Sour Fest before?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh my god, it's like the best festival ever." And I'm like, "Okay, so it's not like a scam or something. Yeah. It's not one of my friends playing a trick on me, right?" <laughs> yeah. And He's like, "No, it's insane. My wife and I went last year." Uh, we're sending uh, Avery this year. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because the other thing too with them is like they don't speak English like almost at all. So right. like the emails are like this very like you're trying to get info out of them, and it's like, hey, what what airport should I fly into? Where am I staying? Can't wait for you to get here. <laughs> and you're like, okay, shoot. Uh, but he was like, Jeff was very like. No, it's awesome. And then he was, he kind of gave me the tip. He's like, Hey, flying to Rome because it's like four hour train ride North. But if you fly into Bologna, you're just going to be in that area, but you're going to go to Italy, go to Rome and then yeah. ride a train. So we're like, okay, which a was a cool time. tip, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that kind of put me at ease a little bit. Like, okay, this is a legitimate thing. It's not like a, one of my friends playing a trick on me. Like, yeah, it's still Tyler that John is like hero, like wants, <laughs> wants him to go. And two, that he's going to go to Italy with his wife. Like, this will be hilarious, you know, yeah. which I have horrible friends. So they probably would. They, really yeah. I could see that. somebody doing you just that gave him ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. We got to come up with another yeah. term for another um, beer fest in a different yeah, country. It turned out amazing. Uh, Rome was, Rome was crazy. It was at the time it was sketchy. Like, you got ripped off a couple times. Not like my wallet swiped or anything, but like, 200 200 euro dinners for like nothing and then it just it was oh, weird that kind of scam yeah, yeah or like you'd give them 20 euros for like a bottle of water and they give you five back and you're like no and they're like get out of here you gave me you gave me 10 and you're like, you're like no what do you i do? definitely you know? gave you yeah, yeah. well am i gonna go to the cops for 20 yeah. bucks or, or even oh they like, charged me too much for try dinner. to argue in italian yeah <laughs> so once we got out of go, Rome, uh, you like got me Rome's later. insane. The Colosseum and all the stuff. It was incredible. And the hotel we stayed at was really, really neat. It was this old like nun monastery and it was like super cool. quiet, but we we're all in this like crazy party area of yeah. Rome. So it was like, you'd walk out these like gates. It was like, it reminded you of like a, well, it really was an old nun monastery from like right. the 1400s. Yeah. But so you'd walk That's... out of a nun monastery from the 1400s yeah. in this courtyard through these iron gates that were like locked and they had to open for like you. Like the kind you see in the old movies with the, with the orphans and shit. Yeah. <laughs> So you'd walk out and then it would just be like cobblestone streets with just drunk, crazy party going all night long. Like, and it's crazy to the culture there. Like they have like kids in like those little Bjorn backpack things, you Mm -hmm. know, at like one in the morning and the mom's just drinking wine on a street corner, like just (laughs) hanging out and there's music playing. You're going, where the hell am I? Oh, my in Italy. Oh my God. This is so weird. Yeah. Uh, Which it was really cool. The food's insane and everything, but it kind of reminded me of like, 
how tourists probably feel when they go to like California and they go to Hollywood and, like and they're like, they were oh my like, God, this is away. sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like guys get crackheads <laughs> smoking yeah. crack. And there, like, there's Charlie Chaplin hanging out with the predator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what is happening? This is, this is California. This is America. I'm out of here. That was yeah. like our experience in Rome. We're like, what? Like there's amazing architecture and super cool, but it's like sketchy and like, you're just always on edge. Right. And then we went to Reggio Emilia, which is the the Parmesan like area. So like that Parmesan cheese. We like, went to this like it would be tasty. insane like one of the only five. Which we learned a bunch of stuff about like cheese. Like there's this one of like five places in Parmesan that actually makes real Parmesan cheese. And all the Parmesan cheese we eat, it's like elite. It's like calling champagne champagne if it's not from oh, the champagne region or sparkling right but i guess there's not like laws where there is with wine okay. where they're like hey you can't call it sparkling you have to call it sparkling wine. you can't call it champagne it's like parmesan they're like hey i make cheese in milwaukee i'm just gonna call it parmesan, parmesan cheese. style cheese so that guy was like super like the tour went on he was just like every time he was just very you're just not real Parmesan if you're not from Parmesan. <laughs> it was really cool. It was That's good to know. My whole life has been a lie. Yeah. Your life is a lie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, amazing experience and just world-class people and the Italian people once we were out of Rome. And there's nice people in Rome too. But once we got out of Rome and the uh, Reggio Emilia, just so sweet, so nice, very welcoming. Everybody was super cool. The food was insane. Like I that's the first time my wife and I have ever been out of California or mm-hmm. not California out of the United States. Uh, other than like Tijuana before you even had to have a passport, you know, oh, so, yeah. like, that old driver's license trick. Yeah. Man, uh, what a trip that must've been. So, I mean, I've been in New York and Florida. I've been all over the United States, yeah. but I've never been like, well, you oh, get over the, the other ocean. side of the world. Yeah. And then like had to Where try to get on a train, which I've only ridden a train like twice in my life. And then yeah. it's like in Italian and I'm trying to read it's this a thing. It's like, what do we do? Yeah. We take a how, train. <laughs> how did you get the beer there? We shipped it through a distributor. Shipped it through a distributor. Oh, you didn't um, just keister it? Well, I mean, I definitely keistered it. Yeah, but that's the, that's my own personal Pivo. That was that's your, that was your yeah. Pivo, Bill. <laughs> yeah, like cans of Pivo I keistered. What would you say was the biggest difference between the... Italian beer festival and oh an American God. beer it's, festival. It's a hundred percent different. Oh, I'm uh, sure there was a lot, a lot more courteous. And I'm sure like, around, like no, no, it was, um, the same drunken debauchery that it is, but what's insane there. And I don't know how the, it's a, you always hear about like, Oh, the, you know, Italians take August off. Cause like we've ordered a bottle line from Italy and we ordered it in like June or something. And they're like, okay, right. we're going to get it in like November, December. And I'm like, it's like a long time. Like, well, they take all of August off. And you're like, what do you, like what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like, like somebody takes a vacation. Like, no, no, no. Like the whole country pretty much just takes off the month like, of yeah, August. I'm like, too hot. How to- is that possible? So you go there and you actually like you hear these stories and you actually see like everything shuts down at like one, two in the afternoon. You like cannot get food. Like that's like normally when I don't even. You got to go to Mama's house to get food. Like stores, like clothing stores, you're walking and then everybody's just locking the door. You're like, where's everyone going? And like, no one drives. It's all just bicycles and it's just so laid back and chill. And it's really cool. I don't see how anything gets actually done there, but I guess if everybody's (laughs) at that pace, like things get done at that pace. Like it's one of those things where it's like as an American business owner, where you're always like production and get this done. Right. Half of me was like, oh my God, this is so relaxing and amazing. The other half of me is like, 
this is driving me nuts. This I cannot is, imagine if I had like a whole restaurant shine. full of people working. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, yeah. and then like everybody's just like, well, we're just going to go ahead and say, like, are they clocking? Like, the whole my brain going, are they clocking out? Do they get break? Like, what, or the, yeah, when, when they shut work? down are from they... two to six, are they clocked out? How do you schedule people? Do you schedule yeah. people from 12 to two? Then you schedule them again. Like, I'm just like freaking out there. Half of me is like, how cool would it be if we could do this? You know? And like, or th- it's theoretically, are you like the most successful business in that area? If you stay open an right, hour exactly. or later, thing. I could come here and slay it. Like I would just be open all the time <laughs> and we just make so much money. But then on the other hand, it's like, no, because everybody's taking naps and chill. No one's going out to buy clothes or beer True. because everything. Unless closed. you're in Rome Siesta. or something. Yeah, it, was, it was just, yeah. Unless you're in Rome, yeah. but like it was, it was this really cool, but cultural experience and total culture shock. But the biggest thing with the fest was, in a fest in America, and I've honestly, I'm 34 in a couple of weeks. For my age, like for if you would put like what's like the pound for pound biggest box, like best boxer, yeah. I've been to probably more festivals for anyone in my age range time span than probably almost anybody else in that time span. Like, I don't care if you're 60 and you've been. I have been to constantly from distributorships to oh, home brewery. I mean, I've yeah, just, con- I've been to so sense. many, yeah. so many damn beer. Especially beers. having a, a, a unique style of beer that you We go to them all the time. We're either there at, as a pouring or a guest or whatever. I've seen them all. Never seen anything like this. So it's a three-day festival. Oh, shit. Jeez. Starts at 11 o'clock in the morning. Every Eat, day? Every day. Oh. It's only sour beers, which I did find one uh, lager tap that they had a hidden lager tap that I would just sat at the whole <laughs> uh, It's just to clean your palate. Yeah. No, it's totally. And and so all the brewers will be all sitting there like, <laughs> yeah. like we'd venture over and like try some crazy thing from Belgium we'd ever heard of and then like walk back and like lager, lager, lager. What was the, well, you finished um, brewing. So started at 11. You didn't pay to get in. It was in an old, once again, we stayed at a nun monastery. This was a um, like church monastery thing mm-hmm. that had been converted into a hostel. So it's this giant old 500-year-old courtyard. Damn. They built a stage. They had a line of like 100 sour beers. There was like five Cantillon taps. Jean's Jesus walking Christ, around. There, there's uh, Pierre from Gustav. There's, um, uh, we would do panels, so like Q&As, but they had an interpreter there. So I would wear headphones, and I would speak in English, and then people from the host would speak in Italian, and the people watching would be in Italian, tasting our beers and then the guy would ask me in italian and then that's in my awesome. ear they'd be like uh what do you think of this and blah 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 blah. and i'd be like oh and then i'd talk and then it, would be, it was it was crazy would was they translate notch. your curse words yeah i oh, so good. Yeah. One, oh what was the word um <laughs> was this like a translation yeah so um avery from jester king uh and uh oh man there's a couple of us we're <laughs> What? Trying to figure out how to use a word that the t- translator couldn't figure uh, out. What like was it? terroir or something. Oh, well, while you're thinking about it, do you mind if we open up Wait, something new? Isn't that a French no, word? You right? Just okay. keep opening whatever you so, want. So, so we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to the United States a little bit. We're actually gonna bring it back to this table because what we have here a little news story that we can get to later. But we have Milk Scout from Central What's Coast. Milk Pro- Scout. Milk Scout. Is that really? Did you me- meant to say that or? Yes, you, it's you a it's it. a Milk Stout called Milk Scout, uh, and. Our, oh, I thought you were just our, drunk our and you were like, Milk Scout. <laughs> Milk Scout. One of our hosts here, Lee, actually helped make this. Yeah. This is it's his. It's a uh, Central Coast Brewing Lee Sandways collaboration. Wow. Yeah. It just came on tap today. Exactly. I was there today. I didn't see that. It, like, 
just like two hours ago. <laughs> Sorry, you missed it. It's a uh, it's a milk stout, and it's uh, the coffee radiates an Ethiopian light roast coffee bean Ooh, from I Stout Coffee. Before I even poured it. And um, this is going to be the one of the pro am entries for the Great American Beer Festival. Ah, nice. Yeah. So, congrats. Well, thank you. It's got another couple. It's got a good month before it starts to be really tasty, and then now, well, why do you think that is it? The coffee, the, the coffee, and then just the 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 style of milk stout in itself kind of takes a little while to meld and kind of become all of itself. Sure. And then, uh, you know, with that coffee in there, it'll, I think it'll only get better for about, you know, a month to six weeks and then start falling off. Yeah. Cool. So You used uh, Scout Coffee in the past before, correct? Yeah, a bunch of stuff. Um, I, I remember you were on uh, Perfect Pour. I, the discussion was you went to them and were kind of like, yeah, all of my coffee is kind of coming out like flavor, like this flavor. And they were the ones who kind of be like, oh, it's because you're using shit coffee. Yeah, it was, uh, you get like a <laughs> bell pepper flavor. Yeah, that's, okay, so I was talking to Brendan about this and it, um, I said, hey, man, the bell pepper flavor, you know, isn't that from like oxidized coffee? He's like, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, kind of, I guess there there needs to be a big, long conversation about that. What do you think? Is it oxidized coffee that makes that green pepper flavor? Are you, oh, you're asking I'm me? Asking I thought you, you were still having I got his. I got his now. idea now, <laughs> you know. He's like, well, kind of yes, kind of no. Like, that's something that needs to be discussed and like looked at. I don't necessarily think the, I don't really know much about the roasting process. Um. We work with a couple roasters on things, uh, but it, I think it's their roasting processes, whether that means oxidation or not, and then also the brewing processes too. So right. I think it's a combo of both. Now, how or why sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't with us. Um, it seems to be pretty much a mute issue lately um, when we do them. So I don't know if that means just our process is better, whether that's well, you have your own coffee shop there. Are you guys roasting your own beans? We're not beans? roasting. We use Slake uh, or Slate, Slate, Slake. So they probably Slate. have a pretty killer. I mean, obviously you. So they're making them. us like custom roast for us that we like did cuppings and everything and yeah. figured out what we wanted. They're up in Cambria. Um, for those of you who don't know that uh, Libertine down on uh, Broad Street has a coffee shop attached to it. Yeah. And they do a bunch of really great, a lot of yummy cold coffee there. Yeah. As well as breakfast burritos. Yeah. We do some good breakfast burritos, yeah. And fun coffees. Those guys I'm I enjoy coffee as much as uh I just drink it to wake up in the morning. And I've gotten more of an appreciation lately for it, kind of owning a coffee shop and just having these super cool baristas tell me things and make me I always go in there like, just make me something. <laughs> <laughs> uh I still am not like I wouldn't consider myself a coffee snob or anything. I but um mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I got rid of my Keurig and went back to drip coffee. Yeah, so I did the same thing. Step. I'm down to the old French press now again. Oh, French press. I haven't well, gone that far. I, like, I still like just being able to wake up. It's just like having single servings. You know, it's like yeah. how I don't need a huge pot of coffee. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And it's uh, it's so much. I, I felt so bad about how much plastic waste I was throwing away. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I and not to sound that. like a super like oh save the turtles, but I kind of am that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel that this is awful. Like, dude, like it doesn't. If you can, why not? Yeah, exactly. You know? If it's something, and two, if it's so I, I drink like two, three coffees in the morning, and it's like I would have to be over there like oh, and, and, and straight and up, wave, blah, blah, blah. like the coffee's superior if you're gonna make coffee's a fresh way better cup than a K cup. I have one of those like Mister Coffee things. So I set it at night, pour the stuff, mm-hmm. and get it all ready. 
I wake up in morning, go down there, pot's ready, pour one for my wife and I, walk back, we're ready to go. It's not yep. like, oh, okay, let me like pull out these plastic things, stick it in, wait, hit the button. <laughs> oh, this yeah, coffee's some... been sitting in Costco for six months on the shelf. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is Coffee Chronicles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Craft Coffee Chronicles. So I... Lee, as somebody who put in some effort on this, what are your thoughts so far? I know you kind of said things a little bit of time, but is this your first time tasting it? or This is my... Well, I tasted it right before I came okay, tonight, so, of course. So today is the first day this, that you tried Today it. is the first day I've tried it, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I still think that you know it needs to have a little more of a little bit of time on it to really get to that perfect spot. Now, what are you it's, tasting on that you don't think is perfect? It's a, it's a little bit thin. So I'm thinking maybe uh, hopefully it'll kind of get a little more mouthfeel as it starts to mellow out a little bit. Okay. So, okay. Do you feel throughout? Because, again, palates are different and tastes are tastes, but I don't feel this is thin. And, like, it starts off, you get that coffee roastiness. It's, I yeah. get that lactose on the back end. I'm guessing because it's a milk stout, you use lactose. That's total assumption on my part. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean. it's got. I think it's got, well, you know, everybody who... Most people who make a beer is always want to get it dialed in perfect. They always want to nitpick every little aspect of it. I mean, it's art. So, like everyone you who know, does any form of art does that. I feel like most of it's pretty darn good right now. I'm pretty happy with it, but uh, I would just kind of let it mellow out a little more, kind of become, kind of let it gel all together. You know, the flavors are kind of pronounced, and I'd prefer that they kind of are smoother through the whole palate instead. So you guys purposely brewed it a little early so that by the time... You believe it, yep. That's correct. By the time it gets to the judges, that was all... Yeah, it was all planned out. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, we were sitting there because we were going to do a collab for it. Um, And I've had some good IPAs. You all know that CCB is an IPA brewery. Uh, But it was kind of like, you know what? Obviously, they have the ones they're going to be entering. So IPAs are off the table. Because you got to get those in there fresh. And he said, well, what kind of beer do you really like brewing? And part of being the Pro-Am was you had to have a gold medal in that beer before you could uh, bring it to the Pro-Am table. Oh, really? Yeah, so I had a couple gold medals in the milk stout category. So, hey, I got, I got this milk so stout. You have, so that's in the homebrew? Just homebrew competitions here and there, yeah. Okay, so you have to use... So you, as a homebrewer, you have to be... According to the AHA, you have to use a, a gold medal recipe for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, you know, I got this milk stout, and they said, well, well, you know, milk stouts are great and all, but how can we, like, jazz it up a little bit? And I said, well, you know, I, I've always kind of liked that, like, uh, coffee, vanilla bean, you know, uh, even um, little uh, cocoa nibs or something. He's like, well, let's keep it simple and just use really good coffee, because it's, you know... I'm I'm kind of there, like you were saying earlier. You know, when you do a collab, you want to learn. You're you're there to absorb everything. So yeah. I, I was like, okay, well, here's my ideas, and he'll shoot me back his idea and say, let's try something like this. I was like, you know, that's why you're the professional. <laughs> and of course, they have a connection at Scout and Scout Coffee here locally is makes awesome coffee. Yeah. Was uh, was your choice to go with them like after testing other places or was it no? Just I mean, basically, basically like. Uh, the whole CCB house is kind of into Scout. So if there's any discussion of coffee, it's going to be Scout coffee pretty much. Um, and so when the idea of coffee was brought up, we all kind of knew it was going to be Scout. And so uh, it was just a matter of which one. 
So what they did was they brought in uh, four different uh, bean varieties um, or roasting. I'm not really sure how coffee works. I guess they just roast it different. And we put that in a uh, Cervantes, I believe, is what they put it in. And let it sit for a while. Which is and, their lager. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dark lager. Um, and we uh, sampled it out of that and kind of decided which one we wanted to go with. And this was an Ethiopian light roast, but it kind of wasn't very uh, pungent on the nose. So we decided to crank up the volume of beans and, uh, you know, let it get that really kind of nice uh it wasn't too complex of a flavor, but it had a nice um, kind of uh, depth to it. So uh, let that ride through, and and uh, we were all well. I'm really happy with it so far. So we'll did you guys see. grind it or you use whole beans? Whole beans. Yeah. yeah, I think that's now that I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's one of the things we changed as we would grind. Cause, oh, surface, you know, area, blah blah blah. Yeah, right. That's what I would think too. But right. I think we just use. We started just using whole bean, and, and I think that really helped with the green. And the thing is, is like pepper kind of. It only flavor. sat in the in the vessel for about a day and a half, really, before they like carved it and racked it. Yeah, you know? I think we're even less than that. Yeah. Well, we use we make a one called coffee teen, but it's like a golden, like a golden saison that we do. That mm-hmm. we so we even need less time because you're you're trying to. Yeah, we gotta balance out the roast big, from yeah. all the um, other malts in there. But I've talked to people that are like, you know, oh, we left it in there a month or whatever. And you're like, what are you doing? You know, so I think that's. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> sounds yeah. like a little much. I'd rather use more beans for less time sure. than less beans for a shitload of time. Right. Because you start extracting all this weird stuff, you know? Well, I think too, was actually the. Who was there? Today? Oh, Rip Current. You guys heard of them from San yeah. Diego? Mm-hmm. The owner swung by today. I've never met him before. Really nice guy. Him and his wife, they're on like a trip and they're driving through. And he was asking me about like, how do you figure out uh, how many pounds of fruit or wine grapes or pumice or whatever you add to your beers? And I go, well, I always like plan on what I do. And then I just add like twice as much. (laughs) Yeah. That's my biggest complaint with a lot of beers is if it says it has something in it, I expect that to be very much in it. You know? Yeah. Yes and no. Uh, I totally agree with you, and I I understand that that's the. Well, we can go and talk about that. So it's maybe more of a consumer mindset when realistic. That's a consumer mindset, and you also got to remember that um, if any little bit of it's in there, you have to put it on the label. Because if, like for oh, instance, we have a beer called um, Howley Cracks. I don't yeah. know if we're gonna open that tonight, but there's coconut in it, but there's just a little slight bit of coconut in it, and. It's when it's really cold, it's perceivable on the nose, but it's not really prominent. And it's so lo- like literally prominent. Like we love where the beer is and we like the flavor of it. So we weren't going to like add more coconut to it. Cause we're like, okay, we really like this here, but we have to put that on the label because if you try coconut and you, you're allergic to coconut and you don't see that on the label because we don't want to put it on the label cause it's not predominant, then now you're going to drink it and you're throat's going to swell up and now you're going to sue us for killing you with coconut and you don't want to kill anybody so you gotta i mean i actually personally want to kill a lot of people but yeah not with your not with your product not with my product and not anybody who's paying you yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh but uh yeah so that's something to think about and that's kind of one of those like 
if it's on the label, it should really taste like it. And it's like, I kind of okay. like until you actually have to like turn and, beer labels into TTB and get things through, you don't understand all those little things. I've never actually heard that argument before. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, yeah. so one of the things that I think kind of on, on Lee's side, and I know, again, things that I've heard you mention in the past through other forms of media, um, like vanilla beans. I know people in the beer, like, my self personally, I love the flavor of vanilla. I love that yeah. shit. And everything that's like vanilla beans is like super crazy and hyped. But vanilla beans are fucking expensive. Like yep. you, you could, there's certain places that somehow do it, but you go out there and it's like, if you put enough vanilla beans in it to really get that flavor that you know people want, you you probably couldn't make money on the beer. Or if you did, it's probably going to be what, like a $40 bottle? Right. Hmm. Yeah. It's just not feasible for the consistent market. So, was there a question there? Or you want me to just talk about vanilla beans? <laughs> is there anything else besides vanilla beans, or like is vanilla beans like the best example of that? Uh, well, that kind of goes back to the whole quality conundrum and what you're trying to do. Um, if you really want to use vanilla beans, you want to be authentic to vanilla beans. You're going to get vanilla beans. You're going to cut them in half. It's an arduous process. It's very expensive. Um, or you can go to. Uh, the heck's that little store called uh Vons? Vons or uh it's not Kroger's. Safeway, it's uh uh something and Smart something. And final. Um is it like Fart and Smile. Uh, Smart and Final? Yeah. Smart and Final, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of the joke. <laughs> like what's my uh yeah. Fart and smile. Fart and smile. That's Smart a new and final one. and get a jug of uh vanilla extract for thirty bucks and just dump it in. But I can. Um, I think some people can tell the difference between extract and non-extract. You can, but you would think some people tell the difference between Blue Moon and Hogarden, but they don't, and they don't care. Or if they true. do, though, they don't care. So, and realistically, running a business, do you, you know, do that for the probably minority? Like, I figure the minority would be able to pick that out, and sure. the majority who like, oh, I like vanilla. So it's always a, what do you do? You know, yeah. um, and once again. You, well, you Some people like, don't care and they just want vanilla in their beer. And or you use a high quality I would, extract. The other thing too, though, a lot of times, like you say, like oh, most people won't won't notice. And somebody, it, it really is. Like I would be hard pressed if I put two beers in front of you that one had a real vanilla bean. There, it's very nuanced. There's not that big of a thing. And it's like, so do you want to pay twelve bucks for a bottle? You want to pay forty bucks for a bottle? I think vanilla is one case, but there's other ones, other extracts I've had, especially fruit extracts. Oh yeah. Where it's very obvious oh, that yeah. it is not Well there there there's a company, I'm not gonna name the name, um, that all they do is fruit extracts and they're at every California craft brewer association trade show. They're at every, everything and they're family owned nice thing. And they're always pitching how much money you save and how easy it is. And there's, we've even experimented with stuff like, Hey, maybe we can use it in conjunction with some local raspberries. We could use mm-hmm. it. It's well, just, that's a good it's way to not for us. It's not overpowers. Viable. It just doesn't, there's a distinct flavor to it that doesn't come through in our stuff. And we just, we're just not willing to make that once again, going back to just cause it's local or just cause it's whatever. We're not right. going to sacrifice for price because of that. You know, if, Oh cool. We save 80 bucks, you know, on a case. Well, but if nobody likes it, it tastes like crap. And then we're not proud of it. Like, yeah, we might sell it the first time, but then no one's going to buy it the yeah. second time, you know? And that's, no. that's a big thing too. I feel like a lot of people kind of forget about, 
maybe as breweries or young breweries that they're like, okay, well, a lot of times you have to make a decision down the road that, and you got to really think forward on stuff like, yes, can you, your first batch of beer, okay, first three batches of beer are not that good. Well, I didn't, I didn't make an, I didn't don't have enough money to not sell this to make it or we're going to go out. Well, then you shouldn't have probably opened yeah. your business. Oh, well, you what know? was it? Russian, not... Russian River dumped their first 16 barrels or 16 batches really? or something like oh that. My yeah. God. yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's, <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, and, and you know, I'm not one to, you know, throw stones at glass houses. Look, you know, mm-hmm. we all do what we have to do sometimes. I mean, you made steak beer with pills. a... Uh, with a one ounce packet of yeast and yeah. some uh, some kind of extract thing. Well, that was before the liberty. <laughs> that, was, that was that was in the that planning was stages. Definitely before liberty. But I was doing it to confused. make a buck for you know. <laughs> yeah. To do what I had to do to to pay my bills that month, but that wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't a liberty. I just want to make sure we not liberty. Everything has never yeah, done yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course. So uh, you know, everybody's got their price, and everybody's got their. And you know, it, Sculpin, the Sculpin beers. You really think they're they're yeah, you know, hacking open I grapefruits a and big stuff? Big difference from. Um, no, you didn't. You 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 perceived a difference. You, there's no damn difference. They've been making that beer the same exact way since day one. You <laughs> think they're really fruiting grapefruits over on the side? I wonder. No, I don't wonder. I know for a hundred percent. Maybe maybe it was just a maybe I learned through the process. You learned it. It was perceived. I'm telling you, they made yeah. that that beer the exact same way, and they slay it with it, and that's fine because the people that they're marketing that to don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like, well, where did this fruit come from? Where the, when did they add these grapefruits? Are these? Oh wait, this is ex- extract grapefruit. You know, it's same thing with the. Uh, uh, What's it called? Oregon, Oregon fruit. Uh, it's called like Oregon fruit. They do pureed fruit things. Mm-hmm. We fought it for years. I'm like, no, I only use locally sourced fruit. We're not going to do it. But you know what? At the end of the day, when you get burned on stuff and then you have to dump out a thousand gallons of beer because you used a local farmer that made crap. And mm-hmm. then I'm not going to put that out. I'm not going to make a beer and then send it out just to try to make a few bucks. Like I, you know, I'm not going to say I'd, I'd rather go out of business, but I damn well close rather get close to that than to put because i think that down the road does un untold damage to your brand than it is to like bite the bullet that well, there's time something to be said for something. consistency as well don't you think so absolutely so what we've done now is we use oregon fruit products on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um, a lot of those things are then blended with other things that maybe are local so maybe we'll do a uh, thousand pounds of Oregon fruit, and then we'll do a thousand pounds of locally sourced raspberries or something like that along those lines to try to do that. But at the end of the day, once again, back to the local or back to whatever, we want to make the best product possible. Right. So if that means that we don't use locally grown hops or, hey, this year's raspberry crop is not what we're expecting, but you know what? People love Frambois. We're going to go and source the best raspberries we can. And a lot of times that's a pureed raspberry. That is now we're not using extracted, like drop three drops into 10,000 gallons and all of a sudden it tastes <laughs> like raspberry and you're going, what the hell is this? Like Willy Wonka shit. You know? Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's that's kind of the, once again, my soapbox. Kind of a theme on that. What's this one, Shane? So we are transitioning into back to basics. Oh, back to basics. Yeah. Oh. So for this one, I'm um, kind of talking about it with Tyler a little bit and... For me, when I first started trying sour, wild beer, anything like that, uh, mm-hmm. it came through Tavor. 
And I think I, I think I can see what this is already. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not hiding it very well. Okay. But for me, my very first one that I tried, like a classic, considering it what just it reached 20 years this year. They just released it like probably. I think yeah, because they're releasing the cork and cage version. Uh, New Belgium La Folie is a sour brown ale from their Lips of Faith series. For me, <laughs> La Folie. La Folie for me. Um, yeah, I just I. <laughs> He's so disappointed. He, the the look of disappointment on his face. Why did I agree to being on this? Podcast? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't know what he was getting himself into. You guys are great. Oh, you're, you're great too, and handsome. Wow. We didn't. We haven't mentioned that in like an hour. That's incredibly so. handsome. That's for sure. And you yeah. have an empty glass. So hilarious. Are you filling in this one? Yeah, oh. of course I'll fill it for you. You've you've spent how many years of your life pouring beer for people to give it to them? Like let enjoy the moments when someone can do it for you. There you go. Thank you, sir. No worries. You Lee, do it for me all the time. Lee baby. will get you. We know. We see that you have a little bit of milk scout left in there. I cannot talk this right will now. This be gone in a minute. All right. Do you want to hear the first time I ever had a sour beer? Yes, please. I, do. I was a beer rep for Central Coast Brewing, on sales rep, and uh, there's a local pool hall slash craft beer bar called Hot Shots in Pismo. Wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna back it up. You were a beer rep for Central Coast Brewing. Or sorry, Central Coast Distributing. Okay, I was like, wait a, wait, yeah. wait a minute. I was looking at your here. hat as I was saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Central Coast Distributing. And uh, Dogfish Head came out with Festina Peche. Oh, that um, actually is a really tasty. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have Dogfish tattooed on my arm here. That's I'm a huge tattoo. Dogfish fan. Dude, I love um, Sam. I so, have a huge man crush on Sam, actually. Right? Is that guy? Yeah. Did that guy's Dude, the most handsome guy. He in actually is. I'm a second. He's the handsomest guy in brewing. He's first, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that guy is so nice. And oh, you met him? I met him a bunch of times. Oh, man. And I he meet always him so remembers me, which is no the creepiest way. part. We have a picture of us like putting our, because he has a dogfish tattoo as well. Go figure. He's got, I don't even Who have a libertine think, tattoo. Right? And he dogfish it there. You should and get so one like, so you can be like, well, you have a libertine tattoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to So we, I have a picture of him and I at the dogfish party in, um, is that Philly, I think? Dude, I would, I would like. He's so, but he, so I, I ran him down in a taxi once at, uh, in Denver during GABF. Oh, like so you got, you got, seven you, you fanboyed over him. Totally fanboyed over him. Like right when the brewery opened, we went to GABF and I heard it was a dogfish event and somebody's like, oh yeah, Sam just left. We like sat down at the tail. I was like, oh, like, where? Oh, fucking what do you no, mean he didn't. left? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I like ran outside. He's getting a cab. I'm like, hey. He's like, stops getting in the cab, stands there. He's like, hi. And I'm like, hey, my name's Tar of Libertine Brewing. He's like, Oh yeah, I've heard of you guys I'm no from uh, Southern California, Southern California, right? I'm like, well, like I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, I would just in my pants. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. yeah, and that was like when we we had been only open for like six months. No and I'm just shit. like, holy guacamole! So that was cool. And then I'm like, like maybe he just said that. I just look like a Southern California how, guy anyway. So yeah, the next time I met him was where's that? Some other national beer event, whatever. Ran into him. I'm like, hey, Sam. He's like, hey, Tyler. He fucking would, Remembered my asshole. fucking name. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't even know your guys' names. Like, yeah. and we've been talking for four hours. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. And so then we did a dogfish event, and I actually got a <laughs> tattoo artist to, to tattoo the dogfish head on my arm at the, so we had 20 oh, taps of dogfish head thing. Yeah. That's a whole nother story, but uh, did that and stuff. So then- um, whatever oh the dogfish head thing in philly they like took over and they had like a stage and they rented this whole like bar like uh uh 
concert venue and had like rap groups from the eighties come and play and everything. So I, I, we were in the pre-party thing and I walked by and I'm like, Sam, it's like, Hey Tyler again, like remembered my With name. His fucking voice. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, dude, I got a, a dogfish tattoo. He's like, so do I. And I'm like, what? Let me see. So he like pulled his sleeve up and I was like, look at mine. And he's like, we should take a picture. And I'm just like, is this happening right now? It's like freaking out. Yeah. I'm a total, like, it's like meeting, like, you know, I don't have any tattoos, but if, if Sam told me to get one for a dogfish tattoo, I would yeah. do it. He's so nice. And so you just want to like support him and just yeah. like, you're so cool. Yeah. And, uh, we're doing, we do a raisin beer every year with the guy, um, Phil, uh, out in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was, so, uh, what was his raisin beer? It was the um, they called raisin, it uh, raisin de etre or something like that. They have one called that, yeah. yeah. And then we do one called Heard It Through the Grapevine. All right, um, yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah. We've done that, that was a couple good one, years, man. and then now the newest version uh, gets released in December. It's called Empire of Dirt. So kind okay. of a Johnny Cash play. Right. Oh, that's but such it's a good all three of the years vintages of the Heard It Through the Grapevine. Cool. So is that available uh, for the membership? What's that? Well, that'll be available through the membership. That's one of the member beers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sign up, people. And uh, yeah. so he, the <laughs> Phil guy has been trying to sell. Zero dollars. <laughs> he kind of started with us and then has been like sending now more to like um, different breweries and like uh, the brewery's been using his raisins and everything. So he sent some out to Dogfish Head and then sent a couple bottles of um, a couple, the Maverick, which we also use raisins in, yeah. and then the, the uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine to dogfish head yeah. with a box of his raisins like hey here's some beers that um not even knowing yeah just like here's some beers that used our raisins and here's some samples of raisins and sam actually emailed him back sam did he didn't send it to sam it's like with a picture of him holding the libertine bottles like yes. smiling like till teller said hi and i was like how do you remember me like i'm a pissant idiot like what yeah. the hell like that's the guy is cool, that's such a pro move you know what i mean like God, yeah that guy's such a pro no, like i literally like yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't remember i don't even remember my kids names and this yeah. guy's literally like oh yeah tyler from the freaking moral bay yeah cool like what Dude, I wonder, so cool. like, that's pretty impressive, actually. Super From, like, cool. a quick taxi cab stop. Like, hey, yeah. guys, me, Tyler, yeah. I gotta go, bye. Yeah. And, yeah. Guys, it's good to have those moments, pro. though. It's, it's good to have those moments. It's yeah. just where it's, you hear so many times, don't meet your heroes. This is one of those times, like, no, meet your fucking heroes. They'll yeah. remember your name and make you feel great. That's mm. what's pretty cool. Well, I don't know. You guys probably want to stop this podcast. but No, nah, I'm not in no rush. No. It's another little tirade. But For those at home, they're like, please like, stop uh, I've never listened to this stupid podcast. This thing's way too long. Hey, yeah. It's uh, more listening for their longer drive. Exactly. Uh, there's been a shift in the last, I would say, four to five years. It used to be like, if you're even remotely in the club, you're in the club. You're, you're good. Like, hey, you like craft beer? Cool. Let's do this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And the re- recently, in the last few years, it's really been... There's so many new people coming into it and so many new breweries popping up that it's almost like it's gotten this weird vibe of like there's new blood and it's like it's business, which it's always been business. And that's stupid and dumb to even say like, oh, well, before it was, it was just all fun. Like we're all business people. Yeah. Here. We're all trying to make a living. You don't like, open a brewery to yeah. not make money. Sam is trying to open a brewery to make money. Yes, he is passionate about it and the guy's a damn pro and remembers my name and it's so sweet he probably does that with a thousand other people in this country and it's like so oh, cool. i'm sure like yeah Everybody. they all have a story yeah. like that i hope right god i hope they do so 
I'm not trying to say I'm special in anything to like, cause he remember I'm saying like, that's how it used to be. Like that's the kind of people <laughs> that funny. were in it. It just makes him more special. <laughs> yeah. And now it's become like, okay, who are these guys? What's going on? You know, uh, well don't talk to them because they did this and Oh, send this guy a cease and desist. And it's just right. Yeah. It's definitely changed. And it then two, uh, I'd kind of like to take it back to, I'm glad I, I got it because I, I want to get this out. I'm very passionate about this. Okay. We need to get back to the roots of craft beer. What was cool and why are the three of us sitting here right now? Because we craft beer it. is cool, yeah. right? Because craft beer is cool. We like the flavor of it, whatever. But why do we like the flavor? Bottom line, it's because it's cool. Yeah. And that's what's cool. And we're gravitating like, hey, what's cool right now? Craft beer. I'll try that out. That's why we picked it. That's why I tried so I accidentally had a stone IPA that somebody like gave me. I thought it was like gross, but it was like, oh, like that's cool. Like the, 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 the cool guys, like it's so, yeah. it's so gnarly that it's like, like this. and a buddy of mine that was like a cool dude that I knew at the time was like, oh yeah, what kind of beer you drink? And I was like, I was probably like 19, 20 or something. I'm like, oh yeah, uh, I had a stone, da, da, da. And he's like, oh, you must like IPAs. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally I like do. IPAs. I <laughs> like, didn't even know what an IPA was. I also like India Pale Ales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I had no idea what he was talking about. And uh, he's like, yeah, you'd probably like Sierra Nevada. I'm like, duh, I already know about Sierra. I love Sierra Nevada. Never even tried a Sierra Nevada. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, the Stone Star. They're San Diego. They're a new thing. But yeah, try this. And so that's what got me. And then I'm like, yeah, this is good. I tried drinking them. I remember the first like month or two of drinking them. I'm like, this is, this is hard. Yeah. But you get over the hump because you're like, you want to be cool. I, I go back to the whole like, and I'm a big outdoorsy person and I, I enjoy surfing and, and, and that. And you look back at like the surf industry and in the 80s and early 90s, it was exploding. And it was because surfing is hard. Mm-hmm. Surfing is cool. It's at the beach. It's cool. Mm-hmm. You can't just, oh, I'm a surfer. Like you can't just go. It's not like. You can't fake tennis or basketball where you can just like, well, I play basketball. It's like, well, what does that mean? What did you just like bounce a ball on the ground and throw it at a hoop? Like you can't just say I surf like surfing to get in, even just to be a mediocre surfer, which I'm not saying I'm a great, I'm a mediocre surfer. It takes years and years and years of practice. And it's a small exclusive club. These clothing companies like Quicksilver and stuff that are making little board shorts and everything all of a sudden were the cool thing and everybody wanted a piece of it. So mm-hmm. then they went big and they started going and going to the stock market to the, and, and being public traded companies. And now you're in Wisconsin you're and now Billy Bob is wearing yeah. Quicksilver and Billabong board shorts when he goes once. to the, the pool and his grandma is wearing a Quicksilver sweater or and whatever because she got it at the, the mall. Yeah. You know what happened? Nobody likes it now. And the, the whole surf industry is tanked and they've billabong quicksilver they've all gone bankrupt they've all been bought out volcom grab i mean it's it's the surf industry like soft goods is Mm -hmm. just in the tank that doesn't mean i mean surfing is still hard to get into it's still a cool sport but it became so approachable and so everywhere that it was not cool anymore and then people went i don't want to wear that i want to wear whatever this guy's skating the the skateboarder guy or whatever the culture was appropriated very, very culturally appropriate. Oh, so my theory now on the crafting, I want to take that same theory if you think about it, and it sounds ridiculous, but if you really take a moment after this podcast, after your ears are bleeding from my annoying voice for five hours, 
Just think about this, really. This is what you need to take away from this. Every craft beer drinker, think of what I'm saying. I'm not right. I'm not wrong. I, I think I'm right, but just think about this. Instead of every time we see somebody on the street telling them how rad craft beer is and how approachable and like, hey, let me help you find the best beer that you're going to like. And you know what? Blah, blah, blah. Don't be a dick. Nobody likes jerks. And yeah. don't make fun of people. And don't do any of that. But you know what? You don't have to make it the most approachable, amazing. It's always like, but imagine if we got this many people to like it. And it's like, yeah. guess what? It's the same thing that happened in the surf industry or any industry. When everyone, when your grandma is drinking Stone IPA, and I don't care how much you like craft beer, you're gonna kind of be like, ah, I can't. Maybe I should get into cocktails. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I mean? It's good. There's going to be a shift. There's so you think already it's been being a shift. Watered down. I think um, it's happening is we're trying to make it so approachable that there's not exclusivity to it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we should be exclusive and people shouldn't be a lot like we have to have like a badge and an ID to be able right, to drink right. a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. But I also don't think we should just, there's got to be a little, unique. without saying cheesy, be a little punk rock about it, you know, okay. be a little like, you know what? It is an exclusive club. Like if you don't, if you can't just walk in and drink a double IPA, cause it's going to blow you out. You're not gonna be able to handle it. You know, and you look at stone and stone's still doing great. Their tagline is like arrogant bastard. You're not worthy. You can't handle this, you know, and they've done well with it because that's kind of their marketing thing. So if we're all just going like, Hey, this uh, lady sat down next to me and I spent an hour trying to explain to her why uh, she might like craft beer and it's half. Let's be a little like not abrasive. Let's not like, don't be exclusive where it's like you can't, you Don't can't have this, you, but... you know, I'm going to be a jerk and make fun of you, blah, blah, blah. But deep down, we all know a little bit of the reason why we like craft beer and why we like going to the, why we like going to the Tornado in San Francisco and getting shit talked to us. Yeah. It's kind of part of the whole thing. You know what I mean? And that's an extreme example. And like, obviously that's not your everyday like thing, but mm-hmm. let's make it a little more, you know, clubby i don't know does that make sense it does yes. make sense okay and i'm I've, just trying to make sure I've, I've, we've been like three hours of like talking and drinking so i just want to yeah. make sure i'm getting it's a my hard point one across. to articulate but well, i think i know what you're talking about like like i said i'm not advocating people being jerks and saying you know hey you see somebody drinking craft beer you don't think should be slap it out of their hands and tell them to get out of here but this whole like i feel like there's been this huge movement in the last year or so that's like oh my god we have to just you have to, your civic duty as a craft beer drinker is to go out and bring 10 new people in. You know what I think? It's not, a, it's not a cult. It shouldn't yeah. be like You know a what cult. I think it is? It's like, is it's like um, I think you should allow craft beer to discover you instead of you discovering it. Exactly. Some guy was like, yeah, you probably like IPAs. And I'm like, yeah, because I wanted to sound cool. Not because yeah. he was like, hey, buddy, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with Bavarian Hefenweizens, and mm-hmm. then we're going to go to little hoppy lagers. Not too crazy. I don't want to throw your palate off. And uh, six months from now, after <laughs> brewing, after uh, listening to these 12 podcasts, doing this research on all this and having this thing, we're going to get you into a real pale ale, buddy. It's going to be low <laughs> IBU, but you're going to get there. And it's just like, what? No. Yeah. Throw them in the deep end. Hey, you know what? Every good surfer knows that when you first paddled out on a big day, you got your ass kicked. Nobody caught a good wave. You thought you were going to drown. The guys that still surf are the ones that went and the next day paddled out again. Mm-hmm. That's what we need in craft beer. And those are the guys that are going to be the best fans of it. They're going to be the guys that are buying the stuff. They're going to do it. 
and they're going to be the hardcore guys that's like, hey, you, you, there's, there's a barrier of entry. I guess that, that's the best way. There should be a barrier of entry. That's all I'm saying. Right. It shouldn't be like you can't have it or be a jerk or make fun of people. Nobody but wants so, that. So the, 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 it shouldn't just be so accessible that when it becomes that, now we're Quicksilver. And now Johnny from Utah that's never seen the ocean is wearing Quicksilver, Quicksilver board shorts. Yeah. And now the guy that's the Grom in, in, in Huntington Beach that grew up starting is like, uh, if that guy's wearing Quicksilver board shorts, yeah. I'm not wearing those anymore. I'm yeah. I'm going and what's the new thing? And I feel like that's what's going to happen in a craft beer that people are going to be like, okay, the 21 to 30 year olds that are in that range now are going, okay, uh, five years ago, all the older guys I looked up to were drinking craft beer and that was cool. Now the guy that like, you know, is drinking Smirnoff ice. Now all of a sudden he's drinking stone IPA. It's kind of like, well, I don't care about that. Like, I, what's ooh? I want to drink. Uh, you know, I want to go to Sidecar and get some crazy cocktails. Which is, I'm not saying bad either. No, right. But I just feel like we we need to. There has to be a cool factor. Which the only way to make a cool factor is to have a slight barrier of entry. I think, uh, at least from my perspective, it's more of an uh, an emotional barrier of entry. You know, you have to have some kind of emotion attached to it. Sure, absolutely. You know what I mean? The- Instead of just like, hey, this is what it is because that's everybody else is doing it i've sorry no no <laughs> I I, you dude no i'm i'm just trying to like i feel like you're i feel like you're done i'm like okay i'll put it in, but no keep going um but you know i think uh well at least i can only speak for myself but if it wasn't for being in the right place at the right time and just right. trying something new i would have never gotten into it and it was just that that one perfect setting that allowed me to be like, well, well, I'll try that new. Let's see. And then it kind of was set. It kind of unlocked a little portion of your brain going, going, oh man, beer is. There's a lot more to beer than what I've previously thought. It's not just Miller Lite and yeah, it's not just what I used to drink a show of Corona. You know, now it's like, oh, that actually has a lot of different flavors. And yeah. but if it wasn't for that perfect environment and that situation that like allowed me to unlock that portion of my thought process it may never have happened and i don't want to force somebody into that right and i want i want it to be like it should be like you were i think you said that earlier like you should want to have that like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that like after i like accidentally had that stone ipa and i'm like what the hell is this this is terrible and kind of like well i have this beer in my hand i'm gonna drink it and choked it down and then the next day it was like oh yeah you you like ipas Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, then I'm going, okay, <laughs> like, hold on. I'm... What's going on here? Like, maybe I should check this out. You're a future. All of a sudden you have a big flash and yeah. Tyler from the future comes in. Wait, you're yeah. a sour brewer, man. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> but I, I feel like that, that that's how you should get it. Not like, Oh my God, you're having a Coors Light. Oh my God. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I got to, I, I, I wrote this whole plan out for yeah, you. Right. Here's you're your like, steps you're going to take. This on yeah. You. yeah. All right, guys. Um, uh, as Tyler's mentioned. more punk rock, we need more punk rock. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. So the example that I was going to give, and maybe this is dumb, but the, probably the, exactly the closest thing I relate that to is with my experience. I was in a fraternity in college, and that kind of what you were describing that explains is, a lot. Exactly. But that process is is you don't you kind of pick, but really you have to prove yourself. You have to right. impress and like be like, no, this is something we want 
exhi- like exhibiting our ideals and our right. our behaviors and what we want, then you can kind of come in. Sure. So like with the discussion about like what people need to do or like how to get involved, that's kind of what it reminded me of. It's just like you're going to go through this process, which you know, and because I want to be the cool craft guy. Or I want to be the cool, like I said, I keep bringing back to serving just because that's like my wheelhouse and that's the, in the not industry, but the thing I'm in. So like I look at that as an example of like, just like craft beer, the reason why I choked down a case of Sierra Nevada Pale Ales was to like, I got to figure this out because I want to be the cool yeah. craft beer guy. You know what I mean? If my grandma was drinking Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, I wouldn't have even taken the time to choke down those 12 to figure out why I liked that and then opened up the whole world. To Do you think it's going to bifurcate and have a, a second layer of craft versus craft? <laughs> if uh, you will. <laughs> I don't think that that's, that's a thing. It's just, like I said, going back to the, the surfing or the skating or whatever. And they, they go through these things of like, they get big enough where they go, okay, to grow anymore, we have to bring in a whole new demographic of people. And then yeah, when we you do, do like that, then you breweries. lose the core audience of that because then they don't want to be associated with that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but see, that's the thing. If you're still making good beer, I mean, Firestone's a huge brewery now. They're still making great beer. Absolutely. And I, I love Firestone. I'm not saying anything wrong about Firestone. No, yeah, I, I know what you mean. But uh, I mean, like, I'm just trying to think about the future where – where when is it going to become so popular that the new guy is going to be like, well, Firestone's Firestone, so whatever. Well, and I feel I'm like that already the- happens. Um, I feel like I talk to people all the time that are like, oh, well, you know, Firestone, you know, 805. And it's like, what, you mean a really well-crafted beer that um, hits a whole new demographic of people, maybe even gets them into this industry because they didn't realize they even liked craft beer. That could be their Stone IPA that I had that got me there. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh I'm not, and, and like I said, I'm not trying to advocate that we shouldn't grow the industry anymore or that we're going to get so commercialized that we're just going to s- collapse. I just think. Bring the right people in. Not even that. Like I'm not, I'm not here. I, sh- I'm not here to pick and choose who the right or wrong people are. I just, I guess sometimes think it's kind of silly when people go, oh, well, you just, this all kind of started with a, a local guy who was saying like, you know, the, this lady came into a local brewery and wrote that like, Oh, the beer was mediocre or something. Right. Or, uh, and then it was like this whole thing, like, well, and people are like making fun of her, like mediocre. What is that? And I yeah. even chimed in like, yeah, I guess that, you know, award winning gold medal winning brewery. It's real mediocre. Ha ha. And then somebody wrote like, you know, we should be nicer and we should have like talked to this lady and explained. Well, it's like, no, F that. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Let's make fun of this lady. You know why? Because we're all bonding right now by joking around about how silly this lady is. I think it's weird. And you know what? Grandma doesn't need to go in there. You know what? She doesn't appreciate <laughs> it. Screw her. And that's the attitude we should have. Like, hey, if she wants to jump in there and try it and be cool, okay, you cool. You want to go. with the sharks, you know? <laughs> but that being said, that's just my opinion. And uh, But I think I remember exactly what you're talking about. Sense? I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And you did a really excellent job of, of you know, explaining. I think I did a better of way of articulating that through uh, uh, typing than I did my yeah. rant right now. But yeah. all I'm trying to say is, like, add a little more punk rock to it. Add a little fun. When we lose that edge and that coolness to it, mm-hmm. we're going to lose people to the wine industry or the craft beer industry or craft cocktails industry or I think craft cocktails is the biggest threat. It's huge honestly. and it's blown. It's not yeah. even a threat. Like as long as you're into cool stuff, like you're going to, you, no one's going to be like, I'm not drinking craft beer anymore. I'm only drinking cocktails. But 
it's going to take a bite, you know, and whatever. And, it, you know, just like surfing, it's Quicksilver still around, you know, there's people still surf. Yeah. But it just goes to the cyclical thing. And I just, my perception and my so personal. So what brand is your wetsuit? What's that? <laughs> what brand is your wetsuit? Uh, Visla. No, it's not a Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah, no. That would have been pretty ironic, huh? Yeah. No, I, I actually never, I'm not a surfer. I haven't, I've never heard of Visla. So there you go. This is cool. It's the old uh, uh, guy that ran Billabong, uh, the South Africa division. Okay. It's like one of the head guys there and then went and started his own thing called Visla. It's pretty cool. They do. If you surf, look it up. Hmm? Yeah. So, <laughs> as we're winding down, um, <laughs> listeners of the show will know what we're transitioning into, but we're kind of changing it up a little bit, I, I think. I didn't bring this up with you because I'm thinking about this as the show goes on. Keeping it going. Okay. But, Tyler, uh, what we do to end all of our podcasts is yeah. uh, a little game called Binge Bong Bail. And what it is, it's a variation of Fuck, Mary Kill, but with beers. <laughs> I like the look you just gave me. <laughs> exactly. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's the look we get from everybody. So the way it works is normally we would have given you three beers that we were drinking throughout the night. Yeah. You pick one to um, binge two cases of in a week, um, beer bong a growler, or bail on a barrel. Like you got to dump freshly the whole thing. Yeah, you got to dump the whole thing. Okay, so dump it, chug it, or... Binge it. For two weeks. Or yeah, whatever. so two cases shit, over a week. Though, you know. Basically like... Okay, so just drink it for a couple weeks straight. No, no, one week. You got to drink like two whole cases in a week. So you got to do like three of these a day over a week or three or four of these a day over a week, depending on how big it or just tonight I chug it. Yes. But or I dump all of it. What I think this is going to be a terrible bit, game. What I, Have you yeah. guys workshop this at all? This is not, uh, we don't we actually don't make actually you do, do it. Cause I know, be but still this is, so what, we what, try to make it what difficult. I'm, yeah, what, <laughs> I'm, what I'm like changing really about this for straws. Here. What I'm changing about this Which is we I haven't do for much longer cause they're illegal. I haven't, I, <laughs> very true. I haven't done this in nine episodes and you haven't done this in seven episodes. We're each going to pick a beer that we had tonight and then go off the three that everyone chose. Oh, okay. okay. No, I like that. I like that twist. All right. So we'll go with our guest first. Tyler, out of all the beers on the table. Wait, do I, I have to go first? You get to pick one. And yes, Just you can choose one. Pivo Pills. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Doesn't matter what. You don't know what you're going to use it for yet. Just pick one that you, whatever. Right. I'm still confused. P- so, pick one of the beers that are on. <laughs> yeah, pick one of the beers that are on uh, the table. Pivo tonight. pills. Okay, Pivo right. pills. Lee, what do you have? Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's go with the high and broad. Okay, so we have Pivo pills, high and broad, and I will then make it easy to go with rod and reel. Okay. So out of those three beers, yes. you get to pick one to drink two cases of in a week, theoretically. Duh. Easy. Exactly. Right. One yeah. to. Um, bong like beer bong a growler. So sure. like, say you had you a just chug, 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 yeah, chug. and one that you bail on. That's no, easy. Okay, wait. Well, how do you Pivo, go? I already drank two cases in a week. <laughs> <laughs> High Street's a good chugger, and uh, the rod and reel just dump it down the drain. I think that's probably what I would have done too. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to be contrarian, but you know everything seems to go that way. That was seemed- a fun game. Good game. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, you would have been the only one playing, and we would have been over. We try to pick three of your favorite beers or yeah like but usually it's, it's fun to kind of talk Therefore, about these ones that we have over difficult. the night and yeah. i don't want to make you pick between like your big membership babies because if you tell everyone that hey i dump one of the ones that i spend a shit ton of time with on my sure. membership 
Yeah. You know that doesn't help your business. So we'll go with these. We'll go with these. I'm pretty sure they would all know that it's only a pretend question. <laughs> that's very true, but we don't want to leave it up to that. All right, I'm canceling my extra. <laughs> yeah, my allocation. No longer I'm, do I want this special. Beer. I'm going from platinum to gold, and then see how that goes. All right, thank you both very much. We've been here a very long time, but I've had a fucking blast talking with you both. Glad uh, you have. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Are you Tyler, saying you haven't? Tyler, I didn't say that. Tyler, do you have any social media or anything that you want to plug? No. No? No. <laughs> He's you saying, don't want them to follow Libertine on Instagram or something? Nah, we got enough followers. Nah, it's uh, he has enough. It, his, his view of Libertine Instagram is like punk rock. You know, you you deserve to follow them. Exactly. Not You don't get to. <laughs> Lee, yeah, we're, we're a private uh, account. <laughs> you could. I just want to say go to CCB, get... One of those milk scouts and uh, put it on untapped. I just want to see what the reviews are. I love when you say milk scouts because it sounds like every time you say it, I think hey. you're just drunk and can't say it. Milk scouts. That was the idea, baby. <laughs> I like it. Um, and then you can follow along the show at the Beer Pope on Instagram. You can follow me on Untapped at Beer Pope two seventy three. We have a Facebook page, a YouTube channel. Um, go ahead and subscribe to iTunes and podbean.com for the show. Leave a like, leave a rate, leave a review. Uh, everything helps. Uh, thank you so much. We, we just did our 10th episode, man. That's wow. fucking fantastic. Uh, thank you everyone. Who's I listening. like how thank you, you. Uh, held it for somebody really special. I, so special and incredibly good looking. Exactly. Let's, let's not that forget that. That is true. Yeah. Let's that not forget smart. that. Thank you. Handsome Mr. Tyler Clark. And, and, and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, just me. Thank you. You hear every- that, babe? I'm hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, everybody listening at home. Take care. Uh, Libertine Brewing Company. Libertine, Libertine Brewing Company Brewing in company. like six different cities now. Um, and cheers, oh, everybody. Yeah. He's really moving along. Exactly. We didn't even talk about anything. We didn't talk about anything. <laughs> oh, do you, do you want to? <laughs> we just uh, rattle off all the towns. Available in Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, Avila Beach. Well, and- Santa Maria, you can't go there. It's it's part of it. You can't go to there. And then coming soon to Santa Barbara? No. No, that Well, eventually, yes. Okay. Stay tuned. Anyways, thank you everybody and cheers. Funk zone.